It is WrestleMania Monday, Monday, Monday. CSP is coming to you after 75 hours of wrestling. Uh, talk to you all about, well, our lives, really, um, more than anything else. And then also a little bit of the wrestling at the end. Why not? Uh, it is indeed the Monday after WrestleMania. Uh, we're here to talk about uh, all that's happening in the world and our lives. Uh, it's CSP, by the way, if I didn't say that a bit. It's CSP of a Monday evening. I'm one of your hosts, Barry, back here with my ever-dependable co-host. First of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello, hello, hello. And also with us, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello. Uh, two of us here uh, have been to WrestleMania, which means, Paul, you have to go next year to complete the trifecta. I know, and now they've made it two fucking days long as well. Yeah. <laughs> which, like... I don't. I assume tickets are the same price they always were, which means like to sit in the dirt worst seat, which I had, would probably cost you like two hundred and fifty quid for the two nights. Um, but do you get a ticket for the two nights or only one? I would imagine no. They they sell them as individual. Like that's what um, I'm thinking. Yeah, because I have I have heard like not not that many. I imagine it was majority same people both nights. But I have heard of people saying I can only do one. Most people said that you know I I could do the Saturday and I'll go home on the Sunday or whatever the fuck you know. Um, you're you're paying the same price for half a show, basically. That is really- yeah, but I I, I kind of feel like like they are both fully formed shows in a way. Well, uh, they have 99 minutes of videos. Oh, well. that's you get that for free. Anyway, yeah. we'll 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 get we'll get to that there later in our our wrestling guff, which is actually going to be quite busy this week. Um, before that, though, we will have a little chit chat about our lives. No, 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 not yet. The book says we should do small talk, uh, <laughs> which we are going to do before we uh, we get moving here. Uh, it is indeed Monday. Uh, I was off work today. Uh, living my best life. Uh, not actually. Uh, I didn't take it off to watch WrestleMania uh, because I'm not a sap. Um, I uh, I went and got boosted on, on Saturday, which I was not able to do a few months ago because I got sick. Uh, went and did that, feeling mostly fine, but then last night was just not sleeping great. A bit hot and bothered. Uh, and, and so, as a result, very sleep-deprived today. So took it off and, and, and relaxed in bed watching um, 80 hours of wrestling, as I mentioned. Uh, that was about it for the life got for me really this week. Not too much else going on. Um, uh, you know, house hunting once again. Uh, that go that goes on. Uh, but not much else for me this weekend. What about you boys? Are you still eating those cream eggs, Joe, from last week? Um, oh no, I forgot I had those. This is a, a caramel, oh, it's a normal cream egg. It's a caramel cream egg. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. The caramel eggs, I I I enjoy. I will say I I, like I, I would say caramel above regular cream egg. I would oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah, no, that's that's good stuff. Uh, but I know there it, are caramel naysayers out there as well. So. Uh, oh, I mean that's just that's just contrarianism. I think they actually like it, but they just want to be cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Not liking caramel, it's like saying, "Oh, I don't like bread." It's like, "Oh, I'm celiac." Whatever. Like, <laughs> get on with it. Come on. Just fucking eat it. Um. Yeah, I, I've had a, a, a quite. This is the first. Well, not it's not the first year I haven't watched the the Oscars. You know, because I didn't watch the Oscars last year, but it's the first year that I I didn't take either Monday off for the Oscars or WrestleMania. In wow, probably a decade. Wow. 
just indicative of, of the shit decline of your hobbies, really. I mean, like, just, you know, neither worth taking time off to watch. Yeah. I, I, I didn't watch the Oscars at all. Uh, I watched the best, obviously. Um, which was then absolutely stamped into the ground by... Oh, yeah. By the morning, and then I, it was, I got no joy from it. Yeah. Um, and then WrestleMania, I, I was very of the mindset of, I probably won't even watch WrestleMania this year. And then it, then it came around, and there was the Cody thing, and one thing led to another. And there I was at 1 a.m. Saturday night with me little bag of, the, the bag of squashies was back. Never mind Cody's return. <laughs> the bag of squashies was back. Um, and that even just staying up the Saturday night has fucked me up, baby. Because I am so tired. I just woke up from a nap 15, 15 minutes before we wow. started recording. Um, and as I said, woke up at 7 a.m. this morning after a good night's sleep. Uh, went to watch WrestleMania Sunday. Fell asleep during it. During the uh, Edge AJ Styles match. And then uh, I'd have a nap later as well. I'm just completely, completely done. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm knackered after uh, one night of staying up a bit late. So that's further to our conversation the other week about not being able to eat loads of sweets, not being able to stay up. And now it's two days later and I'm still exhausted. Yeah. It's depressing, isn't it? It's a young man's game. This uh, What, living? Wrestle, this wrestling lark. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have it in me anymore. But, How about you, Joe? Um, How are you living? Um, yeah, right. Quite, quite a week because I was trying to get back on the old sleep pattern, which was uh, wrecked from jet lag. Um, mm. Feeling all right now, but I, I did go into the office on Wednesday, which meant you know waking up at I don't know seven, half seven or whatever. Dragged myself in. I'd only I'd slept really bad the other night. I had like three hours sleep and dragged myself into the office at seven o'clock. None of my team were in. Uh, so I thought, what was the point of that? I just sat there on the computer all day. Might as well put a who. <laughs> Working in and out is pointless. Uh, yeah, so that was the um, office anecdotes. And other than that, it's been a pretty, uh, pretty quiet week. Um, went to my mum's yesterday. We watched Shrek, which is always a nice film. It's a fa- nice family film. Because it's yeah. got everyone loves it. It's got farting and um, a donkey going. Oh, what you got, Mel Shrek? You're crazy! And everyone loves that. Mom, yeah, ooh, and that swamp. It's got Scottish people in it. Yeah, you know what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like an onion. <laughs> I got the ears. <laughs> and all the songs. Game on, go play. Um, yeah, this is a fun one. Uh, Other than that, not not a lot going on really. Yeah. I'm John Lithgow. I'm an actor. Oh, I'm, yes, I'm Weaver. Oh, Fiona. <laughs> Who's that? That was John Lithgow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I forgot to review last week that Michelle told me off for. So when, when we were in the US, we also... Well, for my first time, went to a little place called uh, Yogurtland, as I was oh, wow. forced to call it for two weeks. Yogurtland, uh, <laughs> actually. Secretly, I was like, Yogurtland, um, which was, yeah, my first time going there. So 
most people will be familiar with it. It's a frozen frozen yogurt place where you yeah. self serve. So you get your little cup. You go up to. They've got probably like ten different flavors. They're quite you know unusual. They've got chocolate, but they've also got like. I don't know, ice, ice lolly flavors and coconut mm. and like mad flavors. It's good, good stuff. Um, so you, you fill up your bowl and then they've got like a little sort of buffet table full of uh, toppings, which one half was like f- freshly sliced fruit. So I bought through that. I was like, oh, <laughs> what about mango? Nah, not mango and kiwi and all that shit. Went straight to the sweets. Um, got myself little mini, tiny little mini M&Ms that like mini, mini M&Ms. Put them all over. Um, got some lovely, what else did I get? Oh, gummy, like gummy bears uh, on top of there. Um, some coloured stuff that I didn't really know what it was. So I just threw it on. I think Michelle told me it was actually, uh, oh, what's that cereal that's like fruit something? I can't Looking remember. Fruit Loops? Fruit Loops. No, it wasn't Fruit Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles, yeah, the, the John Cena one. The John yeah. Cena yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, they were quite nice. So now, yeah, I threw a lot of shit on there. So it was really good. The only thing is we went and um, Michelle's dad treated us to the the yogurt. And um, what I, I'd never been there before and didn't realize that you you pay by the ounce. Like they actually, you actually weigh it at the end and they charge Jeez. you as much as you, you know, you use. So basically you get as much or as little as you want. I didn't realize this. So I thought it was by cup size, you know, because oh, yeah. so they, had, they had the medium cups and they had the large cups. So I just grabbed a medium cup. And I didn't want to look stupid and not fill it up and, and only get like half a cup and not get your money's worth. So I was like, it's like a Mr. Whippy, you know, I filled it right to the top <laughs> and then got like the M&Ms, crispy, fruity pebbles, chucked it all on. Then it came to about eight quid, nine quid for this pot of yogurt. It was so heavy. And of course I had to eat the whole thing. I wasn't going to like throw it away. So I had to then sit there while everyone else ate, ate their yogurt and, um, yeah, work my way through this like two kilos of fucking yogurt, but it was delicious. <laughs> it was fantastic, but it was a lot. Luckily, they had a dairy-free option because uh, if I'd ate that much real yogurt, I would have one hundred percent shit myself there and then. So, uh, yeah, it was actually really tasty, and to, to the point where we actually went back the next <laughs> for another three days in a row. We went to Yogurt Land, we got yogurt. So it was yeah, really good. I wish they had a similar thing here. We do have some frozen yogurt places, but they're not self-serve and they don't have the same stuff and it's not quite as good. So Yeah. Yeah. Big thumbs up for, for the yogurt yogurt land. We oh, we no. haven't we haven't embraced yogurt on this side of the world as a treat the way they have over in the States. <sighs> now yogurt is a thing for kids at school yeah. or or fitness conscious adults. Yeah. And no one else has it. I could go for a, for no pity for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> petit filou, which means like a naughty child, I think. Little no, is it petit filou? I thought it was a small cheese or some shit like that, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think so. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, I speaking. Actually, Joe mentioned there the office. I, I am having for the first time in two years. I'm going back to the office this coming week. Um, oh, you son of a bitch! We are we are doing hybrid, which is going to be one day a week, and that is commencing oh. for us this week. Um, I'm 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 curious to see how long the patience stands. I'm looking forward to going back and seeing everyone and and having human interactions in the workday. I do miss that. 
Um, I do quite like the people I work with, obviously. But, you know, commuting and all that shit, uh, you know, not being able to just get up and sort of like scratch my arse in my own privacy. Um, uh, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> having to do it on the bus. Instead. Having to do it on the bus <laughs> instead. You know, having to have my cheeky tug on the bus instead of... <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I'm not looking forward to getting back on the bus kind of both ways. <laughs> um <laughs> so uh so that is happening this week yeah is that it for life go for us well i just on that topic i had to fill out the um census form yes we just did ours as well yeah and it comes you know what's your name and all that you know the usual tat in the census um <laughs> you know, did you come to this town on a donkey with your pregnant <laughs> missus and all that you know how it is um and then it was like, what's the address of the place you work? I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I've never been to a place, you know? Yeah. I, is it in the UK? Like, oh, is that a problem if, if I, my work address is in the UK when I live in Ireland? I was like, I have no idea. Figured it out in the end. But uh, it's weird. It's weird um, to have a job and not know where that job actually, where their office is or anything. They did, they did have like... Uh, options on there for like I primarily work at home but then they had stuff like how long do you spend traveling and there was no option for I work zero minutes so I had to put zero like yeah I put zero minutes what time do you like what time do you like commence your journey and I just put the time I start work it was very odd also what like here's some feedback for your census office um the questions about when was your apartment building bit please put an i don't know option okay because we just picked 1980 because we didn't fucking know yeah. how would i possibly know that like it's just <laughs> all these questions about you know who owns it and when was it built and it's like you have to guess because they don't put an i don't know option um so yeah anyway that's the census done for another five years or whatever it is um yeah We'll move on here uh, to our various guffs. Uh, uh, what was the music guff this week? Ah, uh, we have the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ooh, I heard that was a big old pile of shit, baby. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I, I feel like this is the, the most divisive album that I've, or not even album, but piece of media I've come across in a while. Because I've seen some reviews like... The Irish Times, for example, mm-hmm. wrote one of, one of the worst written reviews. Not like a, it was a bad review. It was a one star review. But it was poorly composed. But saying. it was like, your, your man was just like, oh, Red Hot Chili Peppers are shit, aren't they? Well, I had to fucking listen to their album. Oh, one star, don't like them. And it's like, you know, it it was almost it almost gave me understanding of the 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 cretins who complain constantly about <laughs> video games review, reviews. Well, you know, someone should should only write a review if they already like the game and this kind of absolute nonsense. But like when you have someone reviewing something that they're obviously actively biased against, mm. I, I find it very strange. But then also, I made the mistake of of looking at the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, Reddit, and I came across the complete opposite moronic takes which were like look at these completely unfair reviews it's 8.5 minimum and it's like no but that's also not how reviews work if you think it's really good it doesn't invalidate reviews that give it less than an 8.5 like what kind of fucking mean is that yeah as usual i come somewhere uh, in the middle on it i've i've listened to it like four times now through okay i think it's a grower um on on first listen i wasn't massively impressed not to the point of one star rating because god knows i've listened to um 
Machine Gun Kelly's album in the last <laughs> yeah I forgot about that actually yeah uh, and Drake's album last year so I know how a one star album sounds um but on multiple listens I've I've kind of come around on it I think it's a solid a solid three and a quarter star album <laughs> if I was to use Meltzer's uh, okay scale um it's it's mellower than you might expect but then maybe maybe you you expect from uh, a rock band in the twilight of their years they're not going to have the uh, the aggression they might have had at their peak it's not exactly like by the way or anything approaching that very much a calmer affair but um you know good little groovy bass lines good vocal harmonies yes the lyrics are like the lyrics are like sub machine gun kelly in terms of making any sort of sense <laughs> But that's always been Red Hot Chili Peppers' way. So I didn't expect them to be, you know, doing Fairy Tale of New York or anything along that. You know, those lines. <laughs> That'd be great. It's though. very, it's very dumb, very dumb lyrics. Um, but no, I I found it a, a pleasant enough listen. Um, I I dare say since they became wildly popular, it's it's probably somewhere in the middle leaning towards the bottom i wouldn't have it anywhere near your um californications blood sugar sex magic by the way but probably similar level to stadium arcadium now i know a lot of people didn't like stadium arcadium because it was even longer than this album was and this one is an hour seven minutes i think i think stadium arcadium mm-hmm. was like an hour 22 okay uh, which that was a double album to be fair this one's not being marketed as such but no i thought it was i thought it was fairly good um but like i said i wasn't massively impressed on the first lesson it was only on the second and third that the songs started to come together for me and i do think it's, it's got a stronger second half than first half and <laughs> as is a common complaint there are too many songs that is too long um but i think there i think there is a very good 45 to 50 minute album in there it's just there's a there's a lot of stuff but no i I, i'm i'm definitely more on the positive end of the scale than the negative end but nor do i think it's an 8.5 minimum or anything crazy like that perfectly listenable give it give it a a couple of run-throughs for the first time i listened to it i just let it run through uh in the background while i was doing something just to get myself acclimated to the songs and then when i was kind of actively listening to it with the lyrics the song started to gel more for me. And I, yeah, I liked it in the end. Um, also listened to another of the Beatles albums. This one is Help, Nature Murder. Uh, I don't know. Beatles are all right, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. much more to say than that. It's, it's got two really cracking songs on it. It's got Help and it's got Yesterday, which are uh, two, two of the better ones in, in their catalog. It's not quite... Uh, Revolver or Abbey Road in terms of uh, being the best of the Beatles, as Partridge would say. But mm. it's um, a fairly solid album. Fairly solid, but but unremarkable, I guess. Um, they're not quite there yet. This is album number five of I don't know how many did they do in total? Twelve or so. But I think once we hit once we hit Revolver, we're, 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 we're off to the races. Uh, in other listening slash music deal, uh, I don't know why this is. Maybe it's to do with Cody showing up and keeping his adrenaline in my soul. Um, I've listened to a lot of TNA music from back oh, in the yeah. day. Remember TNA? The, the one saving grace they had at some points was 
you can always count on their really good uh, theme songs. So I just want to give a few mentions to theme songs you might have forgotten that are really good. Okay. Uh, so first of all, classic winter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, winter's coming. Da, da, da. Boo, boo. Yeah. Right. Hey, it's winter. <laughs> oh, she's a ghost. Um, uh, the absolute king of theme songs. This this one's an obvious one. This isn't a deep cut, but Kurt Angle's TNA theme, of course, of course, uh, but of course, uh, MVP's theme song. Remember, he showed up as I the executive investor or something. Oh, yeah, in the beatdown clan. Yeah. yeah, he had a great. Uh, his his actually on Spotify. Credited to himself. It's called Return of the Ronin. It's very good. Nice. Um, what else was I listening to TNA wise? Like like TNA, I've forgotten most of what it was. But uh, what else did I hear? What are the TNA songs? AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, what about Madison Rain, Killer Queen? I did. Yeah, I did listen to that. That's true. Um, what else is there? Motor City. No. Motor City didn't make the cut, nor did the uh, the most annoying theme song in wrestling history. It's my world, my world. Oh, how can don't slander my world? <laughs> what was Hogan's TNA thing? He got it the was, red, white, and blue running through his veins. Oh, wait, wait, no. The, no, he had a rip. I was like a rip off of the NWO thing. That was it. I was trying to remember. But I'm like, I think he had like, because he had a few. No, he gave Abyss the the um, American made one. I feel like at one time. Oh no, Abyss is Hulk Hogan. Remember that? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That was a that's a callback. I feel like he also had like a Voodoo Child dock off at one point. I, think. I don't remember that. I remember he had a certainly his main theme in TNA was an NWO ripoff. Yeah, I just yeah. listened to it and it. It's, well, it just sounds like the NWO theme. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. they brought they brought Jimmy Hart and like they had whatever music he had the rights to from his his time here and there and everywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember people at the time wondering if it was like an NWO Japan theme. Oh, yeah. Something yeah. along those lines. Very possible. Yeah. Um. Uh. Who else? Oh, there was another good one there that just. Uh, Oh, it's after escaping me. The beer money was another good one. Beer money. I I liked uh, Robert Rude's solo theme as well. Uh, yeah, I'm off the chain, walking the rain, and then they changed it to like an instrumental version, which sucked. Oh, Sting's TNA theme was Sting great. With the guitar solo, yeah. Oh, it was great. What a guitar solo! Great, great song for a great man. Yeah, TNA hardcore country, which made a Royal Rumble appearance last year. Mm. Um, and then finally. I did it my my little uh, FWF revisit. Um, FWF is the figure wrestling. Oh, I was wondering. Uh, Cardona and Myers did um, about two years ago now. They did a second season of it on their Patreon. So rather than subscribe for six months while they did that, I waited till it was over and then got it all at once. Uh, absolutely tremendous love the figure wrestling federation uh mark henry and his uh his house of pain stable taking over the thrill zone brand tremendous loved it um 
it's it, it takes it i love it because i get a nostalgia for not necessarily even like playing with wrestling figures but i used to even like just write shows as a hobby you have your own little yeah, federation yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much an embodiment of that it's very very fun to listen to um cardona in particular is is uh he's like russo He's like completely bonkers. His shows are mad. Every show has four. The lights go out. <laughs> As they should. <laughs> the lights are constantly going on and off. There's something wrong with not paying the bills or something. But um, as I've advertised before, they do have the, the first series is available free. They have a, a podcast feed for it, Figure Wrestling Federation. I highly recommend if anyone's looking for a, a wrestling um adjacent podcast that doesn't feature conrad whatever his name is <laughs> um it's definitely worth a listen it's very addictive very fun i actually gave it my uh my show of the year in one of our year awards whenever you that did. was i recall yeah. that yeah. um season two is not quite as good because they they didn't do it weekly they just did they, they did like the pwg model one show a month to build to like a big sixth show where season one was four they did it every single week and then they would do a pay-per-view every four weeks as well. Tremendous. Uh, so, yeah, I listened to the entire FWF back catalog, which actually um, I've been doing for like the last six weeks. And I, I, I haven't listened to any other podcast in six weeks. I haven't listened to Kermode Mayo in six weeks. I haven't listened to any video game podcast. My Game Scoop I haven't listened to for six weeks. So I have a huge amount of podcasts to catch up on. But it was nice to just give the old podcast loop a break and just listen to you know, turmoil and, and, and Brock Lesnar in the NWO and <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. It's very good. That's it. That's all my list. That's all that's been going into my ears this week. Already? Uh, what about telly? What have we been watching on telly this week, gents? Uh, just a couple of shows that we caught up with Severance, um, which oh, continues, yeah. continues to be very good. And they... Um, getting towards the end of the season now so they a lot of the, the groundwork that was laid in the first kind of slightly slower you know four or five episodes that's now starting to pay off so they're mm. ramping things up and shit's happening <laughs> people are dying things are being revealed characters are being uh, twisted and turning and blah, blah, blah. so yeah it's getting very good it's the best like the best show on tv it's like yeah i, I definitely want to give that a go i feel like there's nothing else on there uh, not, what else is there at the moment that, that compared to I can't really think of anything like it's Succession like, Succession yeah and with that on hiatus it's definitely the best show on TV um, I think Underwatched because it's on Apple TV but yeah they're, they're doing some good stuff so yeah definitely definitely check out Severance uh, very smart very funny kind of unique look as well great opening titles which <laughs> always make for a good show yeah uh, yeah it's really really good uh, and also rewatching the crown ahead of the the new series coming later in the year. So we've just gone to the uh, third season where they replace uh, the the young queen with the middle aged queen, and it's good. It's the guy that plays Prince Charles is just fantastic. They just we just watched the episode that's kind of focused on him and when he is kind of invested as the prince of Prince of Wales, and like he's just tremendous both as an actor but also in his kind of. Prince Charles sort of portrayed, marvelous and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> like it's just his impression. It's like a really good impression, but also his acting is fantastic as well. So yeah, that guy's really really good. But yeah, we're watching watching that. So um, also a little show that I think both well, Paul, you've probably watched this, Middle Moon Night. 
I did. I watched Little Moonlight, Joe. Barry, did you watch Little Moonlight? I have not watched The Moon Knight. Oh, so you haven't heard Oscar Isaac's fantastic London accent, then? I haven't heard him say, oh, well, that just happened then, in it. <laughs> Blow me. Uh, no, I have not seen. I have not seen the Moon Knight. I will. I will watch it because I, of what I'm broadly aware of the character, I think it like might be a bit fun. But I, I haven't seen it. I don't know much about it. What did you think, Paul? I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was actually all right. I thought it was much lighter than your typical. Uh, the world is truly <clears throat> in the wake of the blip. However, also that is a thing. What just happened? Moonlight is much lighter. It's much more intentionally comedic throughout, as opposed to at some points it wants to be deadly serious, but also <laughs> it's a Marvel show, so bad comedy all the time, baby. This one even. just eh? a lot more even, yeah, in tone. A lot more even, a lot more consistent, yeah. at least in its tone. Uh, Oscar Isaac, I don't know what he's doing with his accent. It's like shades of Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. Um, but I think he's still likable enough as the lead. Uh, I like uh, Ethan Hawke in it. He's, you know, always going to be good in whatever he's in. And yeah, I, I think the Egyptian uh, approach gives it a different feel than your run-of-the-mill Marvel tat. Um, and yeah, there was bits of it where I was a bit confused as to where exactly it was going, but I thought it was, it was satisfyingly so, as opposed to it not making sense. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think I, I'm I'm positive on it so far. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes, which is mm-hmm. more than I can say for, you know, even though I liked, um, wh- what the fuck was the one with the Archer Man? What was it called? <laughs> uh, uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I want to say Whiplash or something. Damien Priest. Drummond movie. Um, even though I liked Hawkeye, I, I didn't find myself super intrigued by the direction it was going. It, nah. it was good, but it always seemed very pretty straightforward yeah. moon Knight, I'm, I'm at least interested to see where it goes what about yourself i quite enjoyed it um yeah it, it is it's pretty even in tone and i thought yeah it kind of his character reminds me of mr bean for some reason like, <laughs> this vibe, but he's kind of like bumbling has no idea what's going on and he works in like a museum Whereas, well, I know Mr. Bean worked in a gallery. Not strictly the same, but, you know, it, was, it kind of yeah. reminded me of that for some reason. And the kind of way he acts as well. But, um, yeah, it was strange. There was, like, a lot going on in the, in the episode. A lot going on. And yeah. it wasn't, like, a simple, let's just kind of ease you into the story sort of thing. It was just, like, uh, Ethan Hawke's there being mad. Like, that's to start it off and then all of a sudden like oscar isaacs wakes up somewhere and then he's in a you know it's a lot of kind of weird shit going on but it was kind of interesting also features some of the worst cgi i've seen in quite a while oh um, no the um the chase scene where he's i was, in, I was gonna say the car he's in a cake yeah. van or something and oh some of it was really bad <laughs> i was cringing at how bad it was you don't normally see like hawkeye had some you know pretty good cgi I don't know why it was so bad in this, but that was the only thing that kind of jumped out, like really, really weird. Yeah, I enjoyed the character. Um, yeah, intrigued to see where it goes. It's quite a weird, weird little series. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's the telly for the week. I, on Joe's point about Severed Day, I, I do feel like there's not much really getting any chatter at the moment on TV. 
Um, no. Uh, to be quite honest, it is just kind of... I, I, yeah, I suppose we might get into severance here as well, because a lot of the stuff we're watching currently is old. We, we do want to start uh, Better Call Saul before it wraps up. Um, I obviously watched the first season before, couldn't get into it. I want to give it another go. Uh, we will segue into our next screen-based guff, which is movie guff, and we'll kick things off here, as mentioned earlier, with the Oscars. And if I remember offhand... Based on our previous show, uh, Paul, I think you mm. were pretty close on, on a number of your predictions. I think you did call best picture, did you not? Uh, no, I, I. Well, my pick was not Coda, but I said that. It, it no, was, but you said you said Coda would win, though. It was between Coda and Powder Dog, and it was yeah. Coda, mm-hmm. which you know, yeah. Coda I think is is one of the weaker best pictures in a long time. Uh, it's it's a very it's, it's a very decent movie, but it's like. I've likened it to like a, a slightly better uh, The Fault in Their Eyes or that kind of it's that kind of teen angst movie with uh, some some really bad performances and I was surprised it, it mm. wasn't best picture but um, the Oscars do love um, you know a little lad in a wheelchair or whatever <laughs> um, hence the way Eddie Redmayne won an Oscar he's fucking one of the worst actors going um, <laughs> So, Cody, I mean, to be fair, as, as as I said also, I think the standard generally was higher this year, so I'm not too upset. It's not like um, winner of the Academy Award. It's uh, Harriet or something. Like what, some of the absolutely dread, the, the worst movies I've seen over the years. There's, there's usually one or two that I really have to sit through and endure. Usually, usually it's one of the ones that... Um, uh, what's your one call to get so nominated every single year? Streep. Streep. Streepy oh, yeah. Weepy. Florence Foster Jenkins. If that one, best picture, maybe that would have been the worst one. Um, Campion for Powder Dog. Yep, that'll do. Will Smith for <laughs> King Richard. Uh, hopefully, he has to give it back and to give it to the rightful winner, Andrew Garfield, for uh, Tick Tick Boom. <laughs> uh, That's terrible. Oh, don't make him give it back. Don't make, make it him back. give it back. No, come yeah. on. Now. Come on now. Strip nah, him Keep it. No, keep nah, it. You can't, you can't be getting up and smacking people around at the. Yes, you can. They're two they're <laughs> rich 50 year old men. If they want to have a little bit of a slap because of a bit of disrespect, well, they should be able to. One of them did. One of them did. <laughs> well, that's the thing about a slap, Joe. Sometimes you don't want one, but you need it, you know. It's not um, the Slammy Awards, gentlemen. It's the fucking Academy Awards. Oh, yeah. imagine, imagine if, like, yeah, like it was like the Slammys, and someone wins, or uh, like Will Smith's up there giving a speech, and then Andrew Garfield's music hitting him. Oh, oh, what? Oh, oh, I'm not. I'm not the best actor. Uh, Andrew Garfield was the best actor, in fact. Uh, yeah. Chast- Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye. Spider Man was okay, but you know, <laughs> and really, he was should have been supporting actor, not really the lead. Uh, Chastain won for eyes of Tammy Faye, in which the whole movie is structured about her winning best actress. So at least it succeeded in that <laughs> aspect. Uh, best supporting actor was your man from Coda. That was my pick. Best supporting actress was Ariana DeBose. That was my pick as well. Mm. Belfast original screenplay. Fair enough. Uh, Coda is after screenplay. Fair enough. And then Encanto did, in fact, win best animated film. As I said, to put your put your holiday money on it, it, it did in fact win. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
I, I'll keep watching the films. I, I, I think I'm at the stage now where I just enjoy watching the films more and then don't even bother watching the Oscars. I just look up the results the next morning. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, you know, it's nice to keep, keep nothing massively egregious apart from Coda as best picture. Because I think of the nine or ten that got nominated, I, I would have Coda at like the seventh or eighth in that list. Wow. Which is why I was surprised. There's a lot of a lot of better films on there. But yeah. Um, in terms of films I watched this week, I took a nice palate cleanser from watching a prestige film. And I instead watched all the films of, in the Wallace and Gromit series. Excellent. Um, the four shorts and the feature length. Uh, Wallace and Gromit is so fucking good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's so fucking good. I mean... Joe was talking about Mr. Bean there earlier, but I think Wilson Grubb is, again, one of those uh, universally loved British series. Uh, and, and again, similar to Mr. Bean, uh, very universally funny. I don't think you need to have a, an understanding of British humor or British way of life, even though I think if you do, that'll give you an extra element of understanding. Like, um, there's so many little visual gags that are specific that if you have a specific understanding, you'll get like um, one I noticed on this watch through was that Gromit uh, in, in the most recent one in uh, matter of loaf, loaf and death. There's an, another dog who moves in and the dog has a box of like magazines and LPs. And there's a, there's a comic book the dog has, <laughs> which is um, there's a, a, is a comic book from the a British comic book from like the 1960s called Eagle. And of course, because the dog, it's Beagle <laughs> with, the, with the same logo. And I was like, no one would get that reference. It's That's a 60-year-old reference. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that there's, but there's like, even, I would even say there's like elements of like naked gun to it, mm. where there's so much thought put into the visual gag, where Wallace and Gromit, I think it's in the, in the first one, they have, a, they have a safe in the wall behind the painting, as you only ever see in films. And there's a piggy bank in the safe. But the painting that is hiding the safe is of a piggy bank. <laughs> um, and there's lots and lots of stuff where it, it's one of those things where if you pause on any given frame, you're you're likely to catch one or two things that are just in there and subliminally you pick up. But it's very, very funny. Um, the best one, I, I this is one of those times where I went in with expectation of the best one is this one. And then on rewatch, I was like, mm, actually, it isn't the best one. Um, so I'll just confirm the correct opinion for everybody here. The best of the Wallace and Gromits is uh, the third one, which is a close shave, which is the, the the debut of Sean the Sheep. I previously was of the mind that the wrong trousers was the best one. Uh, it's very good. To, don't get me wrong. We're splitting hairs. It's like a nine and a ten. But I think close shave is the peak of the Wallace and Gromit. Uh, universe okay and then werewolf uh werewolf fuck me uh where rabbit is uh is tremendous very uh much a kid's version of like hot fuzz it's got that exact right. same humor and exact same tone to it, where it introduces the village characters very reminiscent of uh, of hot fuzz and a great like cat it's like a real movie as well it's not just like the the people who made Watson Gromit made a movie it's got like First of all, Ray Fiennes as a voice. But that that was the big that was their big blockbuster, wasn't it? That was their big, big blockbuster. Like, do you know who does yeah. the music for uh, Curse of the Werewolf? I, I don't know offhand, but I'll I'll guess and say uh, Danny Elfman. 
<laughs> Hans Zimmer. No, <laughs> I never would have guessed that. <laughs> My other guess like, is going to be John Williams. The, yeah, I was watching the credits. I was like, Jesus, this is, this is like a real movie. Um, but similarly, very, very funny. Uh, so that's all I watch. I watch all, all five of those this week because I have a lovely little uh, 30th anniversary Blu-ray set of the uh, the shorts. So Joseph, what about yourself? I I I've been looking at your your letter boxed. First of all, I didn't see any Shrek review in there. Um, on tenterhooks, waiting for that. <laughs> Three and a half stars. Okay. Um, but I think you and me are going to have a little powwow now on the eyes of uh, Tamara Fay. Tamara Fay. Um, yeah. So I watched that yesterday as well. Um, obviously, Paul gave it a scathing. Como desk review. Did I give it a, a one star or one and a half star? You gave it one star, I think. The lowest one of the star. low. Um, so I, I watched it with maybe very low expectations. I was expecting complete crap based on Paul's review. And I didn't think it was like all that bad. I wouldn't say it was good. It's not something I'd ever watch again. I, I do agree that the performance is all about, you know, Oh, I'm wearing prosthetics. Give me an Oscar, you know. <laughs> and she got it. And she, it works. It works. Of course, it works. But um, yeah, I liked Andrew Garfield in it. He was. He's always good, Andrew Garfield. And I, I, he is. I don't know that they they had a lot of chemistry, the two of them. It's it's weird because I think she is, she is slightly older than him, not not massively, but they they felt like a big age gap between the two of them. If you know what I mean, right. like it felt like a mum and son. <laughs> Just gonna think Andrew Garford always comes across quite young, you know, quite naive. Except, except there's an early scene where they're in college and he he looks about sixty with the makeup he's got. Yes, when yeah. they first meet. Yeah, yeah. There's the, there's strange, and then, and this whole kind of thing of like I don't know why. Why does she need to look exactly like the woman? Like with the face kind of stuck out. They made her face really kind of like square and round. Like, chip monkey. Yeah, say. kind of chip monkey. It's like, it just kind of gets in the way of it. Because you're, you're sitting there going, why does she look weird? You know, I know what she, you know, we know what these people look like. They're very famous actors. <laughs> and so when they're slightly off, it reminds me of, um, what's the uh, looper where... What's his face has the Gordon Levitt. Gordon Levitt has the Bruce Willis like nose and everything, and it's just like, well, I know what Joseph Gordon Levitt looks like, so why are you trying to yeah. put this stupid, distracting kind of facial thing on? Um, so that was a nine, and yeah, I thought it also had a bit of a a bit of a weakness for me was the fact that, and this is similar to a few kind of recent shows, like I mentioned the other week, The Dropout, which is about uh, Theranos, the the company, and Elizabeth Holmes, who was a big scammer. And similar to like WeWork, a show that's got Jared Leto in it. And um, speaking of Gordon Levitt, he's doing an Uber kind of a TV show as well on Hulu, Mm. I think. They have the scammer, the kind of con artist as the protagonist. And for me, I just think, well, I don't. I don't want to see through their eyes. You know what I mean? They're they're the villain. They're gotcha, out there yeah. scamming people, stealing people's money. I want to see it from an innocent bystander's point of view and see and have them kind of in that world. And so that was another thing. Was like, well, I, and they kind of at times they they play on the fact that she was very sympathetic to uh, the gay community and the AIDS crisis and things like that to try and kind mm-hmm. of. Um, you know, empathize with her. But and then at the same time, we're seeing these two kind of scammers and it's like, well, I, I just want to see them get their comeuppance. I don't want to yeah. see their redemption and, and all that. It's just, it's not what I mean. It felt like a gangster movie at points. Yeah, exactly. But without the kind of, 
I never doubt that when you're watching like Goodfellas that these people are bad. <laughs> yeah, we're not supposed to think they're good people. <laughs> they're called Goodfellas, but that's yeah. not they're not Goodfellas. That's the whole point. Um, yeah, and so I, that was another weakness for me. But um, yeah, I'd probably be more interested in watching the documentary. Um, yeah, and there that is it's based on. I've I've never seen that. And it sounds really yeah, interesting. I, to that point, I don't know what the compulsion is for these biopic dramatization versions of these fairly i want to say fairly mundane events because mm-hmm. i felt the same with um being the ricardos the uh yeah. the uh lucille ball uh film it's just like yeah it just very matter-of-factly dramatized these events that weren't crazy in the first place and i said like, okay well, mm-hmm. why and to be fair i think my opinion of Eyes of Time Phase is is not biased, but the, at least I the the context in which I didn't like that movie was the amount of bio the amount of boring biopics I have to watch for this, yeah. these damn Oscars every year. <laughs> and there was three, and the only three films I didn't like of all the films I watched for the Oscars were Eyes of Time Faye, King Richard, and Being the Ricardos. Three run of the mill biopics. Go figure. Um, and I, I like um, Tick, Tick, Boom and Rocket Man. I like when a biopic takes a mundane story and makes it into something a bit more artistic, a bit more, you know, uh, creative. I just felt like Eyes of Tammy Faye was just like, here's the story of her at the end. And they look like mm-hmm. chipmunks and it's all about Jessica Chester. <laughs> I was like, okay, there's nothing yeah. here for me. There's nothing here for me to enjoy. Um, I found it hard to track the timeline as well. It would just mm-hmm. jump it no jumped quite a bit, yeah. I yeah. think it would have been better to focus. I don't know why we needed to see their early kind of romance. That was not interesting at all, you know what I mean? Their relationship, yeah. their romance was not interesting. What was interesting was the period once they kind of got into this TV or televangelist thing and yeah. they were really scamming people. I don't know why they just didn't focus on that. kind of. That's what Spencer did well. Spencer was just focused on yeah. one weekend or something. That's all I need. You know? Yeah, focus on the most interesting period. The most interesting bit. How about that? <laughs> yeah, and, and have a protagonist <laughs> that we can empathize with going into that world. And then, right, I'll, I'll work on the script tonight. I think we can, I think between us, we, we can, can bring one out. Witness in the shape. <sighs> yeah. yeah. I think RuPaul narrated the documentary as well. So that, oh, that, that's a bonus sure. point for that in my eyes. Yeah. So that was what I watched this week. All right, Barry, off you go. All righty. Uh, I watched a couple of movies. I went and I saw Flea, which was mm. a animated film from last year. A, a weird kind of animated documentary hybrid. It's basically uh, a story of a, uh, a young man who uh, fled um, uh, Afghanistan um, uh, in the 80s to, to uh, uh, Moscow, and then his uh, kind of story of his struggles to make a decent life for himself and his family as, as immigrants with a whole bunch of other elements that I won't really get into uh, here for the purpose of, cause I don't want to, want to spoil anything. Uh, but basically it is weird because it's so, it's kind of like uh, his identity is protected and, and, and those of the story are protected. And if, basically it seems as though the process was they went and they made this documentary. He knows the documentary maker personally. So they made this documentary about his life experiences and then the flashbacks are animated, but then so are also the current day for lack of a better term 
segments. And there are a handful, like a, less than than uh, five uh, shots in the film that I'll provide a little bit of context to you. They, like towards the end, they fade a closing animated shot to the actual footage that was shot over the course of filming the documentary. So that's kind of, it's very, very unusual. There's also a bunch of newsreel footage uh, throughout the film from the uh, uh, 80s and 90s of the of the relevant kind of crises in Afghanistan and also the context in Europe with, with the collapse of the USSR and stuff like that. It is really, really great. It is really fantastic. It's, it's, uh, the animation is, is, is really, really beautiful. It's, it's really well done. Uh, it's obviously it's a very very real kind of human uh, uh, story, and it's uh, um, uh, I, I would say probably uh, super relevant now. Obviously, in 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 times of like actual war, again, uh, it's great. It's it, it, it's really really great, and I would recommend everyone see it. I don't really have too much else to say about it. Um, yeah. It was my pick for uh, best picture, best animated picture. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, Damn Encanto! But Encanto, Encanto picked it. Bruno at that um yeah it's yeah it's a shame uh so yeah it just uh i saw it in a a, a sort of a, a small theater we go to here i think it's getting a general uh release this month and i th- i think it's a movie film i can't remember um i can't remember that might not be true but uh it's it's uh it's out in, in, in general release fairly soon i think uh yeah so i saw that uh then on the old netflix i finally got around to seeing the lighthouse mm. uh i tell you what on the subject of oscar isaac and his accent and you're not quite sure where he's supposed to be from or what he's doing i had no idea what robert pattinson was was going for i had no i thought this movie was set in england for the first like hour i i really didn't know what the 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 that was but uh it's 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 not at all what i was expecting it is so weird um so obviously the the sort of extremely broad premise i was i was kind of aware of i I tried not to read too much about it because i was i I knew it would be it would be great because i like i liked the witch i like those two actors It, it seemed compelling based on what i'd seen of it but i tried not to read too much about it so it was not at all what i was expecting it does follow that kind of basic template you would assume from it which is it's basically kind of just this this uh, story of, of just two uh, lighthouse keepers who you know effectively kind of just go crazy in isolation on this this uh, island but it's weirdly darkly comedic and they do some kind of like they do the classic kind of supernatural or oh, but is it you know is it in their heads a lot of unreliable narrator stuff uh it's great it's great it 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 takes that kind of idea uh the core premise and it just goes completely off the wall with it in some ways i wasn't expecting uh two amazing performances obviously um at the center but i thought Uh, william defoe Defoe is is outrageously great in it i mean (laughs) as he basically is in everything but uh yeah don't yeah he's just he's he's so great Um, that that one um monologue he gives the curse I, i think i've watched that about 50 times at this point uh yeah so 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 really great from the Eggman um uh, on that one he's got his new one coming out now uh the norseman the norseman uh yeah i'm i don't know it it's hard you can't really judge it too much by i mean you certainly couldn't judge his previous two big films from the trailers you kind of had to just see them for yourself to see so i don't want to judge them too actually it does kind of look a bit like if, if, if it was anyone else associated with it, you might just roll your eyes and say, okay, like there's like prestige Viking shows at the moment. So you're making a fucking Viking. Like I don't want to use the word. It doesn't really look like an action movie, but it kind of looks a little bit like an action movie. Uh, so I, I, but I don't know. It's one of those ones you'd have to see it to really, to really get a feel for what it is. He could throw you a complete curveball, uh, but you know, it has Bjork in it. 
I love the lighthouse. Loved it. Um, yeah. So I know you weren't big on the witch, but I did love the witch. Um, I'll give the I'll give it another go. But lighthouse. I think I think you should. I, I, I especially like now having seen this other thing, it might reframe. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. you you might you might look at it through a different lens, but uh, yeah, I saw that. And uh, in keeping with the A twenty four horror note, I then went and saw X last night, uh, which is why we're doing this on a Monday because I really wanted to see that in a theater, and I was glad I did because I mean X was one of the most like actually scary horror movies. And actually, like skin crawling, like cinema experiences I've had in quite a while. And part of that was I was very glad to see it on a big screen with like surround sound in particular. There was some, there's some great like surround sound moments in X. Uh, so I would um, I would highly encourage people to try and get to see that in the cinema if you can at all. Obviously, movies on that. This is part of why I really wanted to go and see it last night. Movies at that level don't really stay in the cinema too long. So obviously. Uh, I don't know how much longer it'll be showing, but yeah, it is absolutely fan effing tastic. It is, you know, it's a twenty four film. It's directed by Ty West, uh, who I realized after the fact I haven't seen any of his stuff other than like um, anthologies. He did a VHS segment and I think two ABC of Death segments, both of which are franchises I don't especially like. Um, uh, I don't really like those movies, uh, so this is my first kind of feature length film of theirs that i've watched it is kind of like uh in a way it is like the best texas chainsaw massacre movie that came out this year uh, uh sans the the license it's about a couple of young aspiring starry-eyed like 20 somethings and one 40 year old producer who go to who rent out like a guest house in rural texas to shoot a a, a blue movie uh after the success of debbie does dallas um uh and then things go horribly awry is the the core premise without giving too much away um and so it's very kind of like homaging and and tributing uh, exploitation films of the era not just you know Texas Chainsaw but various other things and i was somewhat surprised when the credits rolled being an A24 film i was thinking they were setting they were setting it up early on, establishing the premise, all our characters, creepy old couple who rents these these kids, this <laughs> farmhouse. And they were they were laying it on quite thick and they were kind of uh, they were doing certain things with certain characters that made me think, well, this is this is, you know, from the people who made the lighthouse and hereditary and midsummer. And I was kind of expecting it to turn on its head. And actually, it's about man's relationship with his father or whatever these hoity-toity you know a24 films tend to be about and uh, this is this is kind of unlike all the other horror films they've distributed in the sense that it's kind of just what it looks like it, there there is not a this i don't want to make it sound dumb because i don't think it's dumb it's, i actually think it's quite clever in a lot of ways but it, it it's kind of like if you go into it expecting it to be just an extremely well-made slasher that's what it is Whereas, like, stuff like, say, Midsummer is kind of hard to categorize as one thing or another. Do you know what I mean? That's a very weird movie that's kind of bigger than just, oh, it's a scary movie where they go to a community full of weirdos. And that's what it's about. You know what I mean? Uh, X is a little bit more kind of does what it says on the tin, um, uh, but does so with, like, tons of style. I mean, there are some shots in this movie that are just, like, burned into my brain from when I saw them. They're so eye-catching. The score is fantastic. It's just an excellently made one of these. 
Um, uh, and it's it's funny because they, some of the themes they kind of lay on thick is that they've got like these characters who they're making like a smutty movie to try and make a lot of money, but they've got like an auteur cameraman who thinks he's making art and he's all about, you can make a movie that's sleazy that's also art. And it's like this movie is like quite grotesque in a lot of ways, but it's also incredibly well made. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I I don't think I will. I would love to see it in the cinema again. I, I don't imagine I will just because it's, you know, time, free time is so limited these days. I don't know if I'd go see another uh, a film I've already seen again, but it'll definitely be one to grab on, on home video once it's out. Um, yeah. X. Really great. Yeah. I don't think I've seen any of Ty West's uh, films. I did like that song he did with Rihanna, though. Oh, live no. your life. No, I was hoping that wasn't coming. I was giving you the benefit of the doubt. Oh, it's outrageous. Uh, that was your first mistake. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, um, I, I really enjoyed that. It is, it is, um, like, and, and I suppose yeah. The other thing is we're talking about how great it is. It's like it's actually quite scary, and there's quite it, there's a lot of stuff in it that makes you that made you like shiver. It's like legitimately. Mm. Uh, uh, very, very scary and quite grotesque at parts. But uh, yes, uh, so yeah, that is that. And I think that's everything I saw this week. Very good. Um, so we will move on there to our final guff here, which would be game guff. Uh, Paul, how yes. is Batman? Uh, well, you said last week that I'd probably have it finished by this week. Uh, you were correct. Ew. I finished it. Uh, finished it with a seventy-eight percent overall completion. Not bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I think everything I've said about it to this point, I, I think holds true. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Definitely need to give Arkham City a, a fair shake because I, I fully accept that I wasn't fair with that. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Think towards the end, there's there's one too many, and I know this is a common complaint, but there's one too many. Uh, fight a uh, batman villain uh, but they're in a tank so you have to be yeah to yeah yeah um <laughs> they're tank <laughs> uh but no i i really liked it i in fact one criticism i would have is that after you beat the game i wish it then just gave you check boy uh, checkpoints or mar- map markers for where all the rest of the stuff is you didn't do for like, like the quests mm. because i i still after having completed i still wanted to do the more story uh, driven of the side quests. And I was doing the man bat one, and I was on, I think, the last section of it. It's like, okay, I, I look, just looked up a guide because, like, okay, I just want to finish this, get through this. Uh, he should be flying around the north part of Founder Island. Okay, go, go to Founder Island, the detective mode on, whatever. Like 10 minutes looking for him, couldn't find him. I was like, right, I'm not fucking doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I just uninstalled it. So after you beat the game, just tell me where the stuff is, and then we go through yeah. it. Yeah, like the fact that it still is—you just have to find it in the world. And it's like, well, I'm not going around the world anymore, so the stuff I haven't found, I'm not going to find. And there, there is so much of it as well. I mean, it's funny that we're still talking about this kind of thing seven years later with like Horizon and stuff. I think that was one of the earliest games where I finished it, and I was like, oh, I think I'll clean up all the side missions, and then it's like all the volume of Riddler trophies and Riddler stuff to do. I'm like, fuck off, come on, don't make me jump through this many hoops to get the real ending. And it is—it's also—it is one of those games where like oh well you don't get the real ending unless you do everything i think there's there's like the actual final numbers there's like 112 percent which obviously doesn't make any sense but that's what the actual number you have to get to to get the actual ending is Ooh, don't worry i'll just look it up on youtube yes just please. just look it up just look it up and also it's not that different from the one you get just for beating the game it's very <laughs> different it's very minor it's very minor yeah i mean i did a lot of the um side quest anyway one thing i particularly liked was when you were on your way to do a main quest and the little 
uh, radio would come up. There's a thing over here to do, and then I go do it. And then oh, I found a little part of this side quest. So I was, oh, that's interesting. But once you finish the game, you don't have any further incentive to go anywhere or do anything. There's, it's not like a an open world game where there's a, a exploration at the heart of the game. Here, it's very driven by the story. And once you beat in the story, what's what's the incentive to just look around the island and hope you find something there? No. When I finish the game, just give me like because at t- at times in the game it will. It gives you a, it's a map for some stuff, yeah. Yeah, but if you've gone by it and not done it, it will mark it on your thing, and then you can go back and do it later. So why not just do that after, for people who've completed the game? I've gone far enough to beat the game. Let me just clear it out now. I think I think the motivation from a design point is that, oh, you might immersively stumble upon it when you're going around the world. But actually, it's funny you mentioned the man bad thing. I did the exact same thing, which is after I beat the game, I never came across it. I went looking for it, and I couldn't find it at the area it was supposed to be. So that one was a little bit too well hidden in the open world, I think. Yeah. Um. um. But yeah, I mean, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it, uh, and I will miss uh, flying around uh, Gotham. It was a good good old time. Definitely a good game. I I didn't feel like the Batmobile was as much of a deal breaker as it was for a lot of people. I definitely agree. There was too many too many tank battles where it didn't make narrative sense for it to happen. Um, especially there's there's the bit there's a little side quest where you have to defuse the bombs. And every time it's just like, oh, they're sending fifty tanks your way. We're gonna clear out the tanks again. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I wonder how the reception to that that stuff would have been if there was just less of it, and it was not. Especially as I you say in the fine. in the in the third act, when you're just like, I hate when games do that in general. Not just this one, but I'm like, when I'm in the third act, I, I want to just get to it. Let me just get to the fucking finale. I've put my shift in. Like, let's you know. And what it doesn't have is like classic boss fights. Mm. In the same way as City and Asylum did. Whenever there's a boss to be fought, they, they're in a giant vehicle and you're in the Batmobile. That's how it is. They, they love that Batmobile, that game. Yeah. Uh, I think the worst of it was actually not the Batmobile, but the bits where you had to platform with the Batmobile. They, they yeah. were worse. That was egregiously bad. Apart from that, I thought it was very good. So I have started my new game, Tunic. Excellent. Oh, I have also started the Tunic. Yeah, so I've only played a little bit of it because I only finished Batman last night. Uh, so I, I'm about I don't know forty five minutes to an hour into Tunic. I want to say okay. I just got the I just got the sword, so that's as far in as I am. Okay. Um, getting uh, obviously Zelda vibes, Link Awake, Link's Awakening. I would say specifically, um, it doesn't like look like it or play like it, but it gives me the same feelings that i got playing that game yeah uh you you wake up on a beach which is the same start point as link's awakening you find your sword um i like especially how you find the instruction manual as you go through the game yes and and i like how much outside the box thinking is involved because so much of the world isn't in english so even though you've an instruction manual it will tell you for example uh left trigger does something for instance but it doesn't tell you what it does. So it's up yeah. to you to figure it out. I like that element of it a lot. It is hard, though. I, I I haven't died yet, but I have definitely found myself trying to fight an enemy. And, ooh, they do a lot of damage to me. So I I, I, I definitely need to learn the, the defensive part of the uh, yes. combat. Um, it is. It's funny you mentioned that you like, because it... 
it's one of those games that I really, I really like, which is that it just kind of starts. Like you press a new yeah. game and like your character wakes up on the beach and so it's just like, go, you have nothing, go. Find a stick to fight and then obviously you have to go off and find the, the sword. Um, and another thing I like in that similar vein in, in kind of how like no nonsense and kind of uh, just like mechanic driven it is, is that when you find that sword, it legitimately changes the game. Obviously, you, it only takes yeah. you about an hour to get it, but you're fighting with a stick and the stick doesn't do much damage and it can't break obstacles. You find the sword and you can chop down trees like little bushes. Uh, not big trees, but just little bushes. And you, you, on your way to the sword, you'll have seen a hundred of those blocking your path in various directions. So now it's like, oh, not only have I gotten a better weapon, but I now have a better tool to navigate the world with. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I'm a little bit further than you. I streamed the first hour of it on Wednesday and then... Over the course of the weekend, I played about another hour. So I've beaten the first boss. I, as best I could, I think there's probably, it, it's absolutely rotten with secrets. I mean, it's just got so much uh, uh, hidden down little alcoves and pads. Um, so I, I tried to clear that first area out as best I could. I'm sure I missed uh, uh, something. But yeah, I really like it. It's um, uh, the instruction booklet stuff is interesting. Um, uh, you know, I also think just as a, an homage to this classic thing that is unfortunately not around anymore, it's really well. The art is gorgeous. It's incredibly highly detailed as well. You can zoom in super close to it. Yeah, looks great. There's little things written in the margins and in the on the base of the page. It's just very, very effective. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I I've heard a lot of very effusive praise for it. I don't know if I'm quite kind of like bowled over with it just yet. Uh, the combat is quite tough. Um, but I am kind of getting to grips with it. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of Death's Door la- last year, which was doing a similar thing, which was kind of quasi-Zelda-ish with inspired by kind of Dark Souls kind of stuff, which is just mm. enemies who do a lot of damage, big, huge animation swings, and it's kind of, you kind of have to play defensively. Uh, and like yourself, I'm a bit further than you. I've gotten the shield, uh, but it's still kind of, um, I'm still figuring out defense as well. Um, uh, because obviously you can, tri- you, the, the sword trivializes the initial class of enemies, but you're going to see bigger dudes with bigger shields and bigger this, that, and the other thing. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I'm interested for, for the two of us to, to check in on Tunic in the next few weeks. Yeah. The, the idea of the, getting the sword and being able to, go further into world is very very reminiscent of like a link to the past especially mm-hmm. um that's because that's the, especially the 2d zeldas have always used that method of gating off areas in the world it's like well you can't go there yet because you don't have the item so it'll be very much like the blocks that you need to cut down with the sword um and that's that's a um that's a mechanic i've always enjoyed because you can kind of get a titillating like oh i can see what's over there and it looks interesting but i can't get can't go there quite yet i don't have the uh, the item um so i've always liked like that as a mechanic in games that's a thumbs up for me but yeah i'm i'm like you i'm too early in it to have a, a real feeling for it either way hmm. yeah uh, other games I've been playing this week, obviously, you know, more more Elden Ring. I haven't really made a whole lot of progress in Elden Ring. I'm kind of, actually, no, that's that's a lie. Sorry, actually, I beat like the second like story. I beat the game. I, I beat the game. <laughs> I, I traded it in. Uh, no, I, I beat the second story boss. Uh, you go you go through like a very evil Hogwarts uh, equivalent uh, and fight a, 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 an evil wizard, and, and like part of the part of the of the fight is you just go full Anakin Skywalker. She's got little youngling wizards doing her bidding and you're just absolutely slaughtering mm. them. Uh, so yeah, I'm still playing that, uh, but I, 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 won't, I won't talk too much of that. Uh, elsewhere on uh, Game Pass, Tunic is a Game Pass game, by the way. Uh, so if anyone has Game Pass, 
uh, and is intrigued by Zelda likes and sort of whimsical adventures. Uh, give that a look. Also on Game Pass, I tried Shredders. Um, in my sort of continued like desire to just like kind of play any extreme sports game. If you're doing something that's a bit wacky with a with a sports mechanic, I'm in there. And this is a snowboarding game. Just snowboarding, no, like it's not like Riders Republic with skiing and snowmobiles and all this. This is just a snowboarding game in the vein of SSX. It's um I think it's going for a little less SSX and a little more kind of like the snowboarding equivalent of skate. It's one of those games where you kind of have to center yourself correctly when you're landing and things like that. Which is fine. Uh, I play, like I said, I played about an hour of that on stream as well, and it was um, pretty rough. Unfortunately, I don't. I haven't touched it since, and I, I'm not sure if I will. Mm. It doesn't control great. Um, I feel like there's maybe a little bit of a learning curve there with that, which is fine. Um, uh, it's kind of like um, he, he left stick steers you, but like right stick left and right kind of slows you down, as if to mimic that that snowboarder thing, you know, where they grind to a halt by bringing it like. Uh, horizontal if that makes sense um that takes some getting used to i feel like the steering is very harsh the tricks are a little bit finicky so i was i was having trouble getting scripts but I, I don't think it's supposed to be tony hawk style you pick it up and you're just graded it which is fine but i think there's a, a kind of couple of other problems uh, it had like screen tearing the likes of which i have not seen in a game i actually legitimately cannot remember the last time i see which is basically just if you don't know like that kind of flickering line effect across the 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 screen it's really crazy the game has zero video options as well it doesn't have the performance or 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 4k you know those options that every game has now it has nothing uh and so i was, was kind of i was asking i was streaming it and i was like does anyone know does this have a setting i can change because it's like a horrible screen tearing the answer was no and it also has as all these games have to have it is horrible sick dude you did great stuff we're gonna take down that other team it has that uh, in every cutscene, and w- again, way too many cutscenes. This is why things like Tunic are good. You just play the game. This has to have you're talking to your dude bro friends, and we're catching some sick air. Uh, you know, it, it has to do yeah. that after every single race. And I'm just like, I'm all right. If the game played really well, I would, I would kind of suffer through the video stuff and the and the dialogue, but it doesn't. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, so that was uh, that, uh, and on the mobile phone, played a video game this week. Uh, you can get games on your mobile phone these days. Uh, what? Like Snake It's all it's the next big thing. Um, <laughs> I wonder how many official Snake sequels there are. I don't think anyone owns it. Um, That's something interesting to look up. But I did download Rocket League Side Swipe. Uh, which is the phone version of Rocket League, but not quite. It's not Rocket League ported to a phone. It's a it's a unique game. So basically, uh, Rocket League Sideswipe, you play it in kind of uh, landscape mode on your phone, and it is a 2D uh, game. And it functions basically the way you would expect Rocket League to play. You have a customizable car in the exact same way you do uh, on the console game. You can uh, your controls are you know steer and accelerate, jump, double jump, and boost. Um, uh, it's your kind of typical floating on screen phone controls, which I don't really like, but that's just that's the medium you're playing on. So I guess that's what it is. But I actually really like it. I think in terms of just how it feels, it controls really well it's very um uh they've ported the spirit of that game very well to phones 
um, in order to make it a little bit kind of tougher to 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 score, the uh, the goal is not on the ground like it is in regular Rocket League. It's just like slightly elevated up, so it's kind of in the wall uh, because obviously you can just run the ball into the goal if it's not. So there's a little bit more technique to to scoring. Uh, I really like it. Um, it's a very it just it handles very well. It has single duos, and actually I haven't played anything higher than duos. I think it has trios. Um, and it has online. I think it's only online play. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a bot option. I've been playing online. Uh, I'm getting lots. Of, I'm, I'm not to boast or anything, but I'm getting lots of people quitting because I'm winning, uh, which is happening quite a lot. Um, yeah. So, so, um, but yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and also, like, obviously, it's free with microtransactions, which is like you know fine. Um, uh, one thing I do like about that though is that uh, there are no ads. There's I I have not gotten an ad once, which is the bane of like phone game existence. Um, and the money it does not uh, tie into anything. Uh, see, obviously, it's one hundred percent cosmetic. They have an item shop and a battle pass. The battle pass is free, so you just get the stuff if you just play the game enough. Uh, and then the item shop is for like your fancy pants items. And if you want to spend real money to buy one because you like the game, go for it. I haven't done that yet. I think I might because I am enjoying the game. Uh, but so thus far, anyway, very unintrusive. Uh, uh, microtransactions and zero ads. So I, I've, I, I'm enjoying that, and it's a, it's a perfect kind of um, a quick game or two while you're just sitting on the couch. So yeah, thumbs up on that. I'm pleasantly surprised by that. Um, yeah, that's it. Those are my uh, those are my games for the week. Um, if we want to jump into our email, I think we just have one email between the gang here this week. We do, we do. I have an email uh, from our good friend Will. If I can find it. Oh god, let me search right now. I should have had it prepared. How oh, unprofessional of me. Um, yeah, so I have an email from Will. Uh, subject line: That time Jr. looks like Jabba being choked. <laughs> Which uh, has nothing to do with the, email, the rest of the email, but thanks. I enjoyed that anyway. Will um, he says hi, Joe? The final edition of Portman Tony Khan. Here we go. Here we go. This way, and this is for Barry, isn't it? Because we did. Yeah. This is yes. This is for Barry. It's Barry's turn to, to take this out. Um, this week, it's movies and wrestlers. Okay. They go to, they go to the Barry lad. By the way, he says, slightly annoyed that Barry came up with Rick, Cause, Shay, and the IPA off the top <laughs> of his head, which were better than mine. Uh, uh, no, no, don't be humble. Let's be fair. IPA was shit. It's just a completely different letter. It's, it's just different now. Um, <laughs> so we've got the three portmanteaus. So I can't remember. Well, I just give you the clue, and then you. Yeah, you get. One, I get one. I get one guess after each clue. Okay. 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 Um, I will warn you. They are. They're all pretty shit. Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> say that. Um, I'll be uh, the judge. I'll be the judge. judge. Okay. First. First uh, wrestler. I am currently signed to AEW. Uh, so a movie wrestler from AEW. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, keep complete stab in the dark here. Uh, Lucha Avatarosaurus. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. He's like, I'm trying. Okay, well, my clue is it's an AEW wrestler. Come on. Okay. That is worse than Wales. So that's fine. I have one off the top of my head, but I don't want to say it. Okay, save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. Clue number two. I am an American psychological drama film from 
Oh, no, mine's wrong then. <laughs> An American psychological drama film from 1997. Yeah, it, on Wikipedia, it's called a psychological drama. I would have just called it a drama, to be honest. That might be a bit misleading. It's a drama. It's, it's psychological in a sense. I'll tell you, see, see no evil Uno was my, uh, my guess. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, no, I've, I haven't even. I haven't even got a stab in the dark. Go on. No stab in the dark. Okay, third clue. I am billed from East Palo Alto. <laughs> Don't know why I said that weird. East Palo Alto, California. <laughs> East Palo Alto, California. Who the fuck is that? Um, this person is from yeah. East Palo Alto. Oh, that's that's ringing a bell, but I can't I can't pin down who it is. Uh, is that? Powerhouse Hobbs? Uh, no. Um, East uh, No, I'm drawing a blank again. Go on. Okay, clue number four. I won Best Screenplay and Best Supporting Actor uh, at the Oscars. I'm thinking... I've probably got the year wrong. No one chuckled if I have the year wrong. I think in Silence of the Lambs. It's no, that that year that that year is way wrong. That year is way wrong. Okay, I have no idea. Go again. I, I don't even have guesses. I'm really bad at this. It's not Silence of the Lambs. Um, I am a member of Team Taz. Oh, so it is Powerhouse Hobbs. Okay. Um, Oh wait, um, no, it is. Yeah, no, it's Hobbs. Well, Cage was not in Team Taz anymore. Um, Ricky Starks is from Texas. It's not Hook. Is it Robin Williams starring in Hook? It's just Hook is the answer. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, Powerhouse Hobbs. <laughs> I can't. I oh dear. Um, I'll give, you a, I'll give you a little nudge Go in that direction. Think of his full name, not just, not necessarily Powerhouse Hobbs. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, Will Hobbs. Um... <laughs> Good Will Hobbs hunting! <laughs> you laugh. That's, That's the it. Oh, it's good. It's actually good. <laughs> Good Will Hobsting. Yeah, okay. That's that's as good as any of the rest of them, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Good Will Hobsting. I, I think we'll be bringing back Dwayne Johnson Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I think we will. Good Will Hobsting. <laughs> good Lord. Yeah. In uh, <laughs> the final clue was I star Robin Williams and Matt Damon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, uh, that that is your fault, Will. By the way, that was, that was bad. Uh, <laughs> second wrestler. Uh, okay, first clue. I'm a female wrestler. Female wrestler, okay. Um, Molly Holly's game. Oh, very good. It's good, but it's not right. Um, that was probably better than this one. Uh, second clue. I am an animated sports comedy film. Animated, okay. Um, that could only really be well. I don't want to say only because I could definitely be wrong. Uh, the options, I mean, Space Jam jumps out at me. 
Gem. Space Jam's not really animated, though, is it? It's like live action. It has cartoons like, in it. With animation. Yeah, I'd, ca- I'd call it. Yeah. Partially animated. Okay. It. Yeah. Okay. Other sports. Um, sports animated film. That's very specific, and yet I can't think of one. Sports mm-hmm. animated. I can only think of those fucking shitty WrestleMania movies. Um, <laughs> Scooby Doo versus Vince McMahon, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Uh, no, I have no idea. Okay, clue number three. I am a current champion. Okay. Okay, uh, champion woman. So we've got uh, Thunder Rosa, Jade Cargill, Charlotte Flair. Uh, this probably would have been sent before Bianca Belair, I guess, or Becky Lynch. Um, is it, is if we were doing TV shows, it could be Bianca Belair. That would oh, very good. Well. Write that one down for next week. We'll uh, send that. Send we, that's the quality we need. We'll. That's yeah. Um, uh, and then again, Zelina and Carmella. Um, yeah. So, uh, like, there's that's actually a, like I, there's only there is only a handful of them, but I can an animated sports movie. It's not a bad description of the film. I think I, I know it. I think it's, I think I know it. Yeah. Oh no! It's definitely it's not a problem with the clue. It's I just cannot think of one. Um, no, but it's a, it's a, a unique genre. Is it, do you think this is a film I would know? You, de- you definitely have seen. It. I know this. Okay, I've definitely seen it. Okay. Um, I think I have one, but I don't know that it's a, a sports movie though. Hmm. Um. Okay, I'll go again. Keep going. Uh, I star uh, the voices of Owen Wilson and Paul Newman. Hmm. Oh, Jade Cargill? Carsgill? Yes, Jade Carsgill. Oh, I had, when Barry said it, Carsmella was going to be mine. <laughs> that also works. Yes, that that works. also works. Also fine. Yes. Uh, remaining clues were, I have credited X-Men's Storm as an inspiration, and I am about anthropomorphic morphic vehicles. Anthropomorphic mm. vehicles. Okay. Jade Carsgill, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. I've heard worse. Uh, okay, final final wrestler. Uh, first clue, I am five foot ten. Um, I'm billed at five foot ten. Who would be billed at five foot ten and not six foot, unless it's someone who's little? Um, hmm. Uh, no, go again. Clue number two: I am a war movie. Um. Okay. Apocalypse. No. Saving Private. Oh, Ryan. Is there a Ryan again? Uh, Saving Private. Ryan Nemeth. <laughs> not. Not <laughs> correct. Great. Not correct. Okay. I'm sure he's taller than five foot ten as well. So. No, no, he might. I'm sure he's billed at it higher. He probably isn't actually taller than this. <laughs> I just thought of another good one that it isn't, but I'll, I'll save for this at the end. Go anyway. on. Um, okay, third clue. I used to wrestle for the WWE and on the independent circuit. Used to wrestle. Okay, five foot ten guy who used to wrestle on the independents in WWE. Brian Danielson. Uh. Uh, 
Um, oh, see, he's not in WWE, so I was going to say Hacksaw Ridge Holland, but no, that wouldn't work. It's <laughs> um, another better one. It's, it's another good one. Yeah, it's very good. I'm going to use the same war movie again. Saving Mason Ryan. Good. Uh, no, no, no. Did he wrestle on the Independence Day? Yeah, he did. He, he, was yeah, in yeah. Dragon Gate. he was in Dragon Gate. <laughs> um, okay, next clue. I'm directed by Steven Spielberg. Oh, fuck. So it is. Um, okay. Um, oh, God. So it is Private Ryan, um, but... Five foot ten. Uh, no idea. No idea. Okay. Uh, clue number five. I am a vegan. Oh, um. Oh, so saving Private Brian Danielson. Saving Private Brian Danielson. Uh, that's not a great one. That's not a great one. Yeah, uh, you had both that, elements. You just, yeah, you know, I had I had them both, but then I was just like, no, it'll never be Saving Private Brian Danielson. That'll never be it. Oh dear! And the final clue: I was nominated for eleven Academy Academy Awards. Mm. I have never seen Saving Private Ryan. Oh, no, no, right? It's a good film. Uh, you should watch it. I do like the spiel there. Go. Uh, thank you very much, Will, for yeah, those. Will. Yeah, you got all of them. Is there? I suppose I did get all of them. That is that is true. Is there more to his email, Joe, or will we do no, Paul's Portman Tony uh, Khan? That was it for Portman Tony Khan. Possibly forever. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Great. <laughs> right. uh, let's talk about the wrestling. Let's talk about wrestling. Uh, I'm going to open up the WrestleMania cards here. And we will uh, run through them. We might, in the interest of time, just do extra Dynamite stuff next week. Dynamite and Rampage were both very good this week, I thought. Yeah, yeah Wheeler Utah kind of a coming out. Oh, as great. A, great as a and I, and um, I, I tell you, there's, there's nothing that gets me more excited for the rest of the match than when Andrade is in the mood. Yes, I was just about to say, Andrade, once again, when he's, when he's on, he's on. Uh, and he was on. Um, yeah, and uh, we got the big meaty men slapping meat on Rampage. And that was great as well. Which was fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, thumbs up for good week for AEW on a week where it was very possible for them to get lost in the in the shuffle. Uh, we'll jump over here to WrestleMania. So have we all watched WrestleMania both nights? No. Yes. Joe did not watch any of it. I didn't watch any of it. The only thing I've seen is uh, Vince McMahon getting a stunner. <laughs> the worst stunner of all time. I, I heard, you know, I don't know, but what is the gut reaction? Better or worse than the one Linda took? I think worse. Oh, worse because he was stumbling worse. around like a yeah. Mr. Bean. No, it was awful. At least he, he was selling it before he got the stunner. That was that was like first. He, but you know what? We'll get to it. We'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll start at the top here. Yeah. Um, so we won't we won't spend too much time on the mid card stuff, but um, uh, the opener for night one was the Usos retaining the tag titles over Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs in seven minutes. Uh, this was going along just fine, and then unfortunately Rick Boogs he did a, a very impressive John Cena style lifting the Usos on his shoulders, both men at once, uh, and his knee gave out, and he 
he looked calm enough when it happened that I thought, oh, that's just how they get the heat on him. He tries to spot and he, yeah. his leg gives out and they were, no, the, the match immediate, immediately ended. Uh, and unfortunately was, was it a, a, a patella tendon? Yeah, quadricep tendon. Uh, nasty business altogether. So very, very uh, horrible. I mean, it doesn't get much worse than that. His first like non-battle royal appearance. Um, and unfortunately, it ends like that. So that that was a pretty horrible way to start the show. Unfortunately, yeah. And uh, I don't want to get into the weeds of AW versus WWE stuff, but it just kind of something that occurred to me was the the critics of of AW will often say, you know, they're, they're doing these spots that they don't need to do. It's dangerous. People are going to get hurt. Na na na. And now we've seen Ridge Holland uh, doing an an overhead belly belly suplex on the outside on Big E, who's a big guy, who's a big like. Jesus, what are you doing that spot for? He got injured. And now Rick Boogs, uh, the use of, and I noticed for the, for the double person on top, usually what they do is go over to the, the corner, corner yeah, and kind of gently grab the other person. Here, like, the use of tried to, like, jump on him, surely? Like, yeah. they can count the impact of, of that on the knees. Yeah. I mean, so, I'd, like, I'd imagine they did it in, if they practiced it, I'm sure it was just a freak accident, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it's anybody's, like, fault, but but when you're thinking about doing these spots, maybe try and be a bit safer. One thing, one thing yeah, I will that's, say, that's not just for WWE. That's for everybody. You know? For everyone, yeah. One thing, to their credit, I, I will say that like they they didn't do the thing that a lot of worse pro wrestlers do, which is they stood in time and looked at each other and got lost. Mm-hmm. They held it together really quick and they just went to the finish. Like you wouldn't even know anything yeah. was wrong. It was abrupt, obviously, but it wasn't that thing of just they stand and look at each other and everyone goes quiet. You know. Um, <laughs> and they still didn't have time for the New Day match. Oh my god! So we'll talk. Yeah, I guess we'll mention that now. So they cut the New Day match for night two, and then when they got to it at night two, it got like 120 seconds. It was nothing. Um, the uh, overall, I was very positive on these two shows. The viewing experience was still pretty poor because they do 10 million video packages and ads. I still can't get over the ads. They they show ads on this pay-per-view for DraftKings and Cricket and all the other stuff. And then also they were showing video packages throughout night one to plug night two. I saw people defending it saying, oh, they're advertising the biggest show of the year. Nobody is fucking watching night one and doesn't know that there's a night two. Spare <laughs> me that, first of all. And then and then for night two, they had the exact same problem. There was probably, a, legitimately, there was probably a full half an hour of like, not first run content like ads, video packages, shit like that, which they had just shown on oh, the pre-show. More. Right? Easily, easily more. more. Like uh, for night two, uh, on night one they were plugging night two, and then on night two they showed. I they they weren't even video packages. They showed extended chunks of of the first night. Um, uh, they would show like the elaborate entrances from night one, and then a section of the match, and then the finish. I'm like, what are you doing? Fucking, I watched it. It was it was yesterday. Like, come on. Um, apparently that's to accommodate the ad supported tier on Peacock. So if you're, if, if you're watching the free version, you get ads every, whatever it is, 20 minutes. And so they have to put filler in there for the international audience. It's terrible. It's honestly, it's well, really, really bad. Um, first of all, sorry. If you're watching on, on the free, uh, Peacock, fuck you. Sorry. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't accommodate the free tier at the expense of the, uh, pay tier. Well, they it should, it should be, you, you should be incentivized to pay for it. You do you do that when you get a bajillion dollars in your bank account to be on Peacock oh, and not on the Fedwork. Um, yeah, so that was it was a pretty rough viewing experience for the for the whole night. And yeah, as you said, there was a match cut. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Uh, one of the video packages for a match that ultimately got cut. I watched I watched night one with Rona. 
And she was shocked at this. She was horrified. I couldn't believe that they like showed Rich Holland breaking Biggie's neck like, <laughs> like five times over the course of this show. It was crazy. Uh, anyway, uh, Joe McIntyre defeated Happy Corbin in an eight minute match. Uh, kicked out of his finish, which has never been kicked out of before. Yeah. Throwaway second match on WrestleMania. Yeah, I can kind of, I can kind of appreciate that they at least gave that to like Drew McIntyre, who's a guy they push. But it's kind of hilarious that it's the second match on the card, and it's with the Happy Corbin character. Um, you know, I felt the match. I thought it was fine, perfectly fine. Like this. This show felt like an episode of Raw so far with these two matches, um, but not nothing bad. But like just not nothing. Bad. The crowd did react huge to kicking out of the move, so whatever. Um, yeah. And then they couldn't leave well enough alone. They had to have Drew take his sword and swing it at Madcap Moss, and he severed the ropes in the ring. So I guess they kind of finally wanted him to use the sword after all these months of having yeah. it. But they played they played a big explosion sound when he broke the ropes. <laughs> Like, like he was like it was a Skyrim sword and it had a spell on it or something like it was yeah. so stupid um yeah. and to be fair to the finisher kicker it, it is WrestleMania at the end of it the day, is so. that's the place to do it and Drew's a big guy I thought I actually liked that they did that I was like that's a big move and I I even in my limited WWE watching when he came I was like I did think to myself I don't think anyone's ever done that before because Corbin is like a, a quietly quite well protected you know when he gets a push anyway um, uh, match three was the first uh, celebrity match of the weekend. We had Miz and Logan Paul defeating Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Uh, the worthless Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not big into the old Dominic. I mean, it was kind of like in general. I think WWE has a lot of problems with these outsiders, kind of, especially now that they're good. It's like a double edged sword. Remember, celebrities used to be shit. Right? You'd get the. You get what? What? Who's the guy okay. from Entourage? Oh, oh, Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven and he was like embarrassing and he got all the stuff wrong and they 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 you know Jay Leno back in the day doing that crappy arm ringer and all this stuff now the celebrities are actually kind of good so the the most important thing about this match is that Logan Paul was actually quite good um he's in very good condition he's a legit I don't want to say he's a legitimate athlete like he's not really but he's in good shape and he could move around quite well and he's obviously a fan and uh, I don't know if he did like as much as Bad Bunny, who apparently did loads, but he looked like he had worked at this, right? The flip side of that is that you look at like Dominic and you're like, okay, well, why is that one on Raw? And this guy <laughs> is like actually good and tall and charismatic and a superstar and not on. And that's, I mean, that's probably why, because he has his own bajillion yeah. um, dollar industry. But he was genuinely good. Him and Miz had matching gear. He, if you did not know that he was Logan Paul, you would think that this is just some new guy from the PC who's actually really good. Yeah, I was right. I think he was the best non-wrestler of the weekend. I didn't expect that going in at all. I thought he looked the part. He moved well. Charismatic. Yeah, I think charismatic. I think Bad Bunny was better and says that Bad, Bad Bunny sold very well. But I never bought that Bad Bunny like looked or acted like a real wrestler. Yeah. That was kind of the novelty of it. Here, it, it, it was kind of diminished, if anything, a little bit by the fact that he fit in so well. It's kind of like he, at points you just didn't even take him as a special attraction celebrity. Mm. He's just like a, a, a wrestler. Who's yeah. Um, so they yeah they had a a, a perfectly like uh, uh, solid uh, again if it wasn't for Logan Paul being there it would kind of be a raw match but there was a novelty to seeing him and yeah like he did like a frog splash that was like class really good he did like a, a <laughs> kip up that was like the best kip up I've seen anyone do in a wrestling ring in like 20, 20 years um, uh, so uh, and again not just on this show but just in WWE 
10, 15 year trend. Uh, he won. He So he looked great in the match, showed up the regular wrestlers and won as well and is leaving. Um, so he pinned Ray, which I thought was very shocking. I thought they'd at least pin Dominic. Um, and then after the match, the Miz turned on Paul. So I would guess that they are doing a match at SummerSlam? Question mark? I, I wonder why, though, because Logan Paul is still has the air of an unlikable heel about him, despite the fact that he's very good. That's the that's the thing. Is like surely they're not they're not expecting him to come back as a big because everyone cheered him getting laid out. You know, uh, as good as he was, he still got booed when, when it was all said and done. Um, so yeah, uh, then we had a twenty minute Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch Raw Women's Title match. Uh, this was the real. This was like the WrestleMania portion of the show. Because they got their big spectacular entrances. Becky came out in a big fancy uh, uh, truck. Um, uh, Bianca got a marching band playing her to the ring. They both had new gear. They both looked great. Red hot atmosphere. The crowd treated it like a big, uh, big fight feel. And then to cap it all off, they actually had an absolutely tremendous pro wrestling match uh, uh, to boot. Yeah, I liked I liked it more than the than the Bianca Sasha match. <laughs> Take that. Spicy, spicy, spicy. I would probably agree with you. I thought it was great. I thought it was excellent. I thought they both played their role really well, and they had that thing that it's such a fine line to walk. They did a lot of great stuff that looked great, and then they had a handful of rough spots that they saved so well that it kind of added to the match in the sense that it felt a little bit scrappy. There was like a victory roll that, like, Looks like they were having an actual struggle to do it, but not in a bad way where it felt like the match was falling apart. More in a kind of like they're fighting each other tooth and nail to to not be like rolled up or, or anything like that. Um, multiple spots playing off the SummerSlam thing. Um, yeah, just just great. I mean, we can't really do it justice. It was really, it was, it was a proper, proper great WrestleMania match. Uh, and Bianca won, which of course she, you know, she should have. Um, with, with the best KOD I've ever seen as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like it was like uh, her equivalent of the Undertaker's like jumping tombstone to Shawn Michaels that one time. Like I laid it in, it looked great. Uh, yeah, so that was fantastic. Um, funny thing about this show, I tweeted this earlier today, is that I feel like I thought I enjoyed this show overall, but there was like not a lot of booking to compel me to to watch Raw. I mean, I, I want to see the Cody thing on Raw tomorrow, but that's it. And with Bianca, it's like she should have won. Right call, great match. And I'm kind of like, I assume they'll do a Becky rematch. And then I look at the roster and I'm like, okay, who's she facing after that? Not, no, no options are grabbing me on the raw side. Um, but, but that's where the story is supposed to hook you rather than the people involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of one Cody Rhodes, we got um, Cody Rhodes defeating Seth freaking Rollins by pinfall in a regular match. This match, inexplicably, it was a good match. We'll talk about it in a second. But looking here at the Wikipedia Times, it was two minutes longer than the Bianca match. I I understand that Cody in his big match back, he wanted to have a... He probably wanted to have an epic. Do you know what I mean? He wanted he wanted to be fucking Jericho and Michaels or whatever. He wanted to have the show stealer. I don't think it needed to be 20 minutes. It, was, it, it waned a little bit for me. But uh, yeah, Seth came out, did his entrance... They didn't say who it was going to be right up until the music hit. And the music hit, and it was Cody's actual music with his wrestling has more than one royal family, all of that. He had the elevator from the floor. He had his jacket. He seemingly uh, uh, enlarged his uh, tattoo 
by <laughs> by like three inches. I was like, is it just? Do they just shoot this show differently, or has he gotten it in hand? That's the augmented reality that they use. Yeah, it was. They had, like a they had a tattoo coming out of his neck. They had it. They had an augmented Cody logo in the sky, uh, uh, AR uh, logo. Um, but yeah, he came out absolutely gigantic reaction. I mean. There's no better, ironically enough, there's no better endorsement for the worth of AEW's existence than Cody leaving, getting over there, and coming back bigger than he ever was. Uh, What did you make of the match, Paul? I liked the match a lot. Uh, I agree it was maybe a hair too long, but I didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome by much. Um, I think think it was just a positive on on all sides. I think... um, Cody showing up as American Nightmare, I think, is like a ready-made, and I want to choose my words carefully here, but I, I think he's almost a ready-made, like, John Cena replacement. I think he, he can, unless they seriously fuck it up, I think he can really get to that level. I think he's their, he's their ready-made next next big star. Um, you can have Roman Reigns on one side and Cody on the other. Because um, we know from AW, we know from he, him being our... Was it 2019 total package of the year winner? Yeah. You can do the promos. You can do the matches. And it was, but it's funny, I think more so than the match. I think it was f- more interesting listening to his interviews where he was like, well, I, I tied myself into not being able to go for the AEW title so I wouldn't piss people off. Like, what? I, I, I didn't get at all his approach to uh, mm. his AEW run, which is maybe the maybe good that they took took a bit of power off him because it, it seemed very weird. The little media tour he did in the last 48 hours has been quite something. Um, yeah. It definitely feels like there's, first of all, I think it's quite, it's it has been a quite insightful. I think you, there's, there's been stuff to learn from what he said, but also I feel like there is 10 million things going unsaid because um, he, he does want to, I mean, he said as much, he wants, to, he wants to take the high road, he does not want to do AEW, you know, slander, which I give that about two weeks um, uh, before before that's walked back. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I saw a few people point out that with that comment you just ma- mentioned there, are the people in question uh, Tony Khan? By which I mean, did he? Because he did it. Cody did an interview when he was still in AEW. He did some interview with some site where he said, "Oh well, like you know, I could break that dip up if I wanted to turn heel." Do you know what I mean? And I've seen a lot of people putting like two and two together and saying, "Okay, well, did he say to Tony Khan, look, I want to be world champion?'" And Tony Khan said, "No, you did a stipulation saying you can't be." Um, uh, and now I don't, I don't imagine he walked out because of that. But there is definitely multiple factors. Um, and one of the things Cody said in his interview, and it's like among the more boring reasons to to list for leaving, but I think it's also probably one of the most important, which is which is just he said it was just time. And you looked at this reaction, and you looked at how lackluster his last few months in AEW went, and you you say, yeah, it probably was time to just go, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think he was looking around and thinking. I mean, how old is he now? Thirty five, thirty six, or something like that. Thirty six, seven, yeah. Thirty six, thirty seven. He's he's still got. You know, he's in his prime as a wrestler. He's got another yeah. four or five years to be on top. And in AEW, yes, he <laughs> for some reason booked himself into a corner where he couldn't be the top guy. But also, you know, he's the EVP and he's kind of he's in that kind of senior role where he's he's in a back seat. And he's thinking, well, do I want to be that? Or could I do another three or four years on top and then come back and do that role? And he's just decided, yeah, well, if that means I have to go to WWE, I go there. So fair play. Yeah, I, I think he probably did the the don't go for the AW world title from a place, like a noble place where he's like, well, since I'm in charge to an extent, uh, 
I can't be seen to give me giving mm. myself the title and so on. But even at the time, it seemed like a weird like why Tony's in charge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You probably but thought he, he was going to be booking the show, maybe, but yeah. he didn't realize Tony was going to uh, get his uh, Word doc file with <laughs> 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 his, his dynamites. Yeah. But um, yeah, even at the time, it seemed weird because he was he was like the the guy. He was himself and Jericho and Omega were like the big guys in the in the first year of AW. So I remember it even seemed weird at the time when he was like, "Okay, I I I'll put my on the line. I can't be the champion ever again." I was like, oh, that seems like a weird thing to do a year into this, your brand new company mm. to put that limitation on yourself. Um, I get where he's coming from, but I think it, it was a bit presumptuous of him to even do that. But yeah, I think he's definitely of the level where he, he has a world title running him now in WWE. Um, mm. Yeah, especially with two world you know, titles. I mean, yeah, uh, ah, well, well, there's only one now, but but I mean, I, tonight, yeah. I mean, they give Cody, Triple H comes out and gives Cody the, the new belt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do. Yeah, I do want. Yeah, that's the other thing we don't know. Not to jump ahead to night two or, or to jump ahead to raw. And I, I don't feel like. And again, this is one thing that AEW does quite well is they they do they make sure to fill in all the little. What if this happens? You know what? You know, but it, whereas WWE just doesn't give up. I, I, unless I've missed it, they have not said once what the title situation is going to be now. Like, is Roman going to be on both shows or? Uh, well, I mean, Roman might not be on any show depending on how how Raw goes tonight. He's given a he. They just announced as we were doing the show, he's addressing <gasps> the, the WWE universe. So we'll see. We'll get to that at the end of night too. But on Cody, um, uh, I did. Um, I was one of the many people who couldn't believe he was leaving when he announced he was leaving. And one of the things I said was that you'll go back and there'll be the grass is greener on this side. Period of like a month. And you'll be the hot new toy, and Vince will love you. And then after a couple of weeks, you're, you know, you're, you're fucking AJ Styles or whatever. You're middle. You're Sheamus's faction. You're Sheamus's faction. You're middle of the pack. You know, you're AJ Styles, which is not a bad place to be, but it's not world champion. Uh, this, this again, it's, it's. They always get the debuts and stuff right. So, so it's, it, it could all, the house of cards could fall apart. But looking at this and reading all the quotes and stuff, and he talked about how close came to not happening because they say he said this was like the most complicated contract he's ever negotiated blah 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 blah. looking at all of this i was kind of thinking to myself i feel like he's probably been guaranteed a number of things and i wouldn't be surprised if to to get the worth out of him that they probably paid to get him they probably are going to go something resembling all the way with him um i think they'd be silly not to and and, and they should exactly yeah they should yeah um, I think he's a great asset to them. I think they they did very well to not poach him away because it seemed like he 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 was of minds to 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 move on anyway. But I think that's a great get for them. I think they they've done very well. And to give them credit, which we don't, we don't often do, no, uh, their equivalent of the CM Punk worst secret uh, worst kept secret in the world debut. I think they did very well. Yeah, yeah. and everyone knew it was Cody. But it's the little seed of doubt. It's like, oh, but will it be? That's, That's where the excitement comes from, and they—I think they did it perfectly. Um, yeah, I did because uh, I, I, there was a lot of conversation today, obviously, uh, with with last night's result about like, okay, you have had Roman like conquer the world, and the rumor for like next year was that they they'll possibly do a rock match if he agrees to, which obviously Roman will win. Right, and this is all assuming Roman's healthy. Obvious asterisks on all of this, and I've seen people asking like, "But what? Who beats Roman then?" Like at the end of the day, you have Roman. Mm-hmm. He, this is like the best push they've given a guy in twenty years, and realistically, whoever it should be, they should be building now. 
right? Because that's the way booking works. And the funny thing is, you look at the lay of the land now and you say, well, maybe Cody beats him in uh, two years. As crazy as that sounds, I don't think that'll happen. But, you know, I mean... I don't see it happening, but it's like, who else do they have? Gable. Are they gonna are they gonna end this? Are they gonna end this legendary Roman thing with like Seth, Gable Stevenson? It's my no, definitely. I don't think so. Or, or uh, big big Bron, what's his name? Brock Baker. Bron Breaker, Bron Breaker who's like fought, the Baker. Like, let me tell you, Breaker. he's he, he's a fellow who's probably billed at five ten, if you know what I mean, and not much above <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> there was that picture of him with Sean Rassap at the weekend, and I was like, oh. Sean, crouch a little bit, please. You're destroying the business here, standing next to this guy. Do the wide legs. Do the Tom, what's it, Tom Phillips thing next to Ryback where he spread his legs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> spread his legs next to Ryback because Ryback making chip noise at him. Um, I'm just looking at the match listing, by the way, so I, I'm not getting all the segments. They did their community leaders thing where Titus came out. They did their Hall of Fame thing, which, of course, included The Undertaker coming out and blah, blah, blah. I assume neither of you watched the Hall of Fame. Why would you? Oh, God. No. Uh, and they did, they, they did introduce Gable. On, well, it was night two, I, I suppose, actually. They, Stephanie McMahon came out mm-hmm. and brought out... Uh, the new gable and <laughs> the new gable he uh ooh, let me tell you never has there been a, a first impression to me that screamed this lad doesn't have it <laughs> yeah and, and and more so even on night two which we'll get to uh, in a second but yeah they did all their 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 uh hall of fame stuff as well i did i didn't watch the full hall of fame but i did i did see the, the clip of undertaker saying he loves his lord and savior jesus christ uh yeah. which is funny and and uh, never say never. And I'm like, say never, please. Like, come on. Um, anyway, uh, then uh, uh, we had the second women's title match, Charlotte Flair retaining over Ronda Rousey, which is quite funny. Um, there, there are two Charlotte Flairs, and on this occasion, we did not get the good one. Um, uh-huh. And it's like, sometimes you can absolutely be caught off guard and Charlotte will absolutely gobsmack you with like the greatest match you've ever seen in your life. Uh, like that Rhea Ripley one a few months ago after that horrible feud, but then the match was just like an absolute banger. Um, this was not an absolute banger. And to be fair to Charlotte, I mean, I've only seen her in this and the Royal Rumble, but I think, I think Ronda has been terrible since she came back. I think she's been absolutely terrible. Yeah. I don't know. This one was, uh, this one was not good. I mean, it doesn't help that I don't like Charlotte or Ronda. That's the other thing. So, yeah, Ronda as the as the champ babyface hero to come and stop Charlotte isn't great. Um, no. the finish was just terrible. I mean, they um, Charlotte accidentally speared the ref, and then she tapped out. And the second she tapped out, I was like, "Oh my god, she's winning!" And she's like, "I was thinking, I was like, she's gonna tap out Ronda Rousey, which is gonna be so funny." Uh, well, she didn't. Uh, I think I, I feel like it would have been better if she did. If at least that would have been her finisher. Um, uh, like Ronda's trying to get the ref up, and Charlotte just kicks her in the head and pins her. Like it was nothing. It was nothing. Um, yeah, happy they brought Ronda back for this big, uh, big Royal Rumble win and humiliating loss to Charlotte Flair. Oh. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Yeah, I really don't know. Again, it, 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 in a weird way, it's almost kind of like I kind of have to commend them. I was like, I, I think it's, I think it's, she's so overrated. But at the end of the day, 
at least they're pushing her. You know what I mean? It's like the booking is so bad in WWE, but at least with, with, when they take people like Roman and Charlotte and they say, these are our guys, I'm like, well, at least that's something. Do you know what I mean? At least at least the woman who's on TV every week beat Ronda, who might go away again for a year. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm, 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 think, I'm being polite here. I'm giving them, like, I'm giving them small mercies, you know. Um, uh, anyway, so yeah, that was that. Then we got Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, for the Kevin Owens show. This was uh, this is again kind of like the the Cody worst kept secret thing. This was really odd because everyone knew this was not going to just be a raw segment that ended in a stunner. Like you, you knew they were going to do something, but you didn't know what they were going to do. And I I put the chances of them ringing a bell and having a referee at like one. I did not expect them to do that. Uh, so Owens came out, Austin came out, they bantered back and forth about whether or not Texas is bad. I, I still can't believe that's what the feud is, you know. Um, but um, Owens said, oh, I tricked you. I got you out here because I wanted to challenge you to a match. And uh, Austin was great looking to the crowd and soaking it all in. And, and they he accepted and they had a match. And they had a match. And it was, it was the Steve Austin equivalent of like a modern Sting match in a way where you can't really delude yourself into thinking it's 1998 anymore. Even the first thing they did was throw some punches and then do mud hole stomps in the corner. and With 900 camera with edits. Ni- the, ca- the camera edits were horrible as well because they're doing an Austin brawl, which gives them a million chances to cut the camera when he's throwing punches and kicks. Um, but like, I think everyone had like a you know respectful low bar for Austin because, you know, 20 years away, nearly 60 years of age. You're not going to kill him. Yeah, I, I saw a, a statistic that his uh, his previous last match at WrestleMania 19, that match was closer to WrestleMania 1 than it was closer to this Jesus. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, but when he did that first spot, he was looking kind of slow, and I was like, oh, boy. I was like, I hope, like just for Austin's sake himself, not more so than me as a viewer. Like, I because like, you know he takes this stuff so seriously, and he he obviously didn't want to come back and embarrass himself. And I was like worried. I was like, oh god, if this is bad, it's gonna like kill him. Uh, but it wasn't. I mean, they, you know, he he is not thirty anymore. Um, no, but they had a walk and brawl. He took a fucking suplex on the concrete in the crowd. Which I could not... <laughs> Definitely do. Sting inspired. Definitely, yeah. And it was kind of that thing of kind of like, he didn't take many bumps. And I think that's kind of why it was like kind of genius to take that one. It's like, okay, if I take a big, massive one, then everyone will go, oh my God, this guy's having a match. And it'll sneakily detract from the fact that he's not going in there, like taking loads of scoops. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is the classic for what it was. It was great. I thought the, the build-up to it was a little bit drawn out. It was a little bit Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. But um, the match itself was a fun a fun brawl, a little nostalgia brawl. Um, the correct, correct expectations, I think, was, was very enjoyable. And, uh, yeah, he, he had a, a one final match. And it just got me thinking what, what it was about this that got it done that couldn't have been done for the CM Punk match way back when yeah there's been like a number of like because like edge and danielson and stuff like that Uh, there's i i guess these days they are more open to having the conversation when a wrestler says hey i think i can come back 
Whereas I think 10 years ago, they were still in. If a doctor tells you once you have to retire, we don't want to get sued, so you're not allowed to have a match, you know. Yeah. Um, also, I feel like Austin, like because he's talked about it on his podcast and stuff, he's always – part of what was kind of shocking about this was he's always been the uh, – uh, I've thought about it, and it just never feels right. I think he never he never wanted to taint that kind of WrestleMania 19 lovely bow on the career thing. Yeah. Which is always a funny thing to me is like, you know – wrestling is is not the be all end all at the end of the day you still have footballers who retire who come back for the charity match yeah. you know um I, I don't think doing this detracts from the wrestlemania 19 match nor do i think that Shawn michaels doing the saudi arabia really hinders the the impact of the, the undertaker matches no. he had um so i don't i don't think it's that big a deal it was nice that he could come back and have one more i, I actually thought on night 2 when he had the the little Vince McMahon interaction, whether he would do another match, that would have been great. A match and close out his career with a Vince McMahon match. Oh, well, oh god! Well, thank God that didn't happen. Um, just just give him a, a five minute stunner like he did, and then pin him. Well, they, they, he, he already gave him one stunner that took five minutes. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it was like I said, it, it, it was kind of like a Austin's version of a modern Sting match. They, they, yeah. it was, it was great for what it was. The crowd loved it, and while he wasn't, he's no spring chicken. There was nothing that was like illusion shattering out of his performance. Um, and I feel like there's probably a story to be told as to why they did not advertise the match ahead of time. My gut tells yeah. me, my gut tells me. He didn't was want it a late agreement. He didn't want to uh, say yes. I'll do a match until the week of the show when he could tell himself, "Yes, I'm in shape. Yes, maybe. I can do it." Um, and maybe if he showed up that morning and said, "I don't feel confident," they were going to nix it and not do it. Um, who, who knows? Like I said, I feel like there's. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll hear at some point what the what the story was. Um, yeah, I think night night one overall was a bit like the Red Hot Chili Peppers album. I think there was a, a very good two and a half hour show in there. Yeah, sure. Um, God, I mean, yeah, I mean, this, the, the, my general feeling on both shows would be th- through the roof if they cut the half hour of ads or the 40 minutes of ads. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't so hot on night two. I, I preferred no, the first night, I no. think. Night, night two was weaker. We'll get, we'll get to that now. Show opened uh, with Triple H. We did, we did wonder on our last show, what would they do? Because obviously Triple H's career just ended, but this is the fucking weekend of singing the undertaker swan song blah 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 and was like will they do something will they not do it i think they split the difference quite well he came out he introduced the show he just he said he literally just said thank you to the fans and he dropped his boots and that was it he did he did like one final entrance where his song played 50 million times and i i'm sure next year he'll go into the hall of fame and they'll do a proper triple h thing um uh yeah so, and then he'll have a match with Vince McMahon in 20 years time that's the thing yeah, I think he's definitely having another match I mean you know, <laughs> that's the thing uh, RK Bro retained their uh, tag titles uh, against the Street Profits and Alpha Academy yeah. fun multi-man match not too much to say about it I thought it was good Angelo Dawkins is so lucky. Montez Ford is so good because he's he's the most worthless wrestler in the world. Oh, that's very – oh, come on. We just saw Dominic Mysterio. Don't tell me Angelo Dawkins oh, yeah. is the most worthless. Second. Hey, the next match had almost in it. What are you talking about? Third. You're a, you're a hater. I like I like. I think Montez Ford top. is so good. He and is Angelo right. Dawkins has just been a guy who's been his tactic. He, he's the Marty Gennetti of that team. For sure, Marty Jannetty's a great worker. So, yeah. uh, I think I think that's um, very harsh. I think I think I think I, look, Montez Ward is definitely better, and I think he's definitely 
you know, he has the like these spectacular. I think Dawkins is a fine, you know, fine guy. He's just there for me. He's just there. Um, after his little uh, mention uh, on night one, night two, they brought Gable Stevenson into the ring to um, uh, toast with the winners of the match. The Street Profits came in after RK Bro won. <laughs> And they were like, yeah. we're going to drink out of our red cups and toast because we're baby faces. And they said, oh, what about you over there, Gable? And he did the most, like, boring, Mr. Burns, <laughs> point to himself uh, uh, yeah. thing. He got there. I've, I Obviously, this guy's an amateur wrestler, so I know nothing about him other than he's an amateur wrestler from the Olympics gold medal. Gold medalist. This is, like, this is all the stuff that, like, Vince McMahon doesn't like. It's funny that they did the angle with, with Chad Gable. The Gables. The Gables. Uh, apparently, they, Steveson said something in an interview about how, oh, obviously setting this up about how, oh, he can't be called Gable if I'm called Gable. It's like, look at Chad Gable's career. Like, he's basically you, except maybe slightly smaller and slightly less successful. But it's like, Vince, if you're if you're like a legitimate athlete who can't like emote or act or any, or do that over the top charisma stuff, you're doomed to be like Chad Gable. Do you know what I mean? And I, I felt like when the two of them stood next to each other, and admittedly Gable's got his kind of hammy new gimmick now, Steveson came off like 100th as charismatic as this guy who's already been labeled as not charismatic enough to push in WWE. Uh, yeah. And listen, I'm a little pot-bellied fuck, but he took his shirt <laughs> off and I'm like, you're not exactly Brock Lesnar either, you know. Um, um, Jim Ross and Beyond the Mat was saying, oh, you gotta get some, uh, some uh, meat on the chest there, kid. Yeah. And it's like, like I said, I mean, he just—he slapped the shit out of me. I'm not saying that, but um, it's, <laughs> not it's just that. That could be him up. That, <laughs> it's just that thing of like, as a tiny, tiny little litmus test for will this guy be successful in WWE? It's like, didn't jump off the screen, doesn't have what Vince McMahon considers a superstar physique. And and we we know for a fact that like legitimate sports credentials don't actually get you anything in WWE yeah. really. I think he has a problem as well. Um, facially, he doesn't have a, a super emotive, aggressive look. Never mind. Never mind the emotive. Um, oh, mean! He does, he's not mean looking. Yeah, do you know what it reminded me a little bit of? Uh, is the not Bear Bronson, but the other lad in Bear? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He just looks like a, a, a happy fella. Um, I don't know. Just so, some people just have a nice face mm, that doesn't lead mm. itself to me thinking even even though he's a phenom of like heavyweight amateur wrestling he doesn't look like the kind of guy like a like like i know brock's a, a an anomaly but like even a roman has that yes mean mug yeah it's the round the round it looks like a teddy bear sort of face he looks like a teddy yeah. bear exactly it's like a big lovely teddy bear yeah um yeah so, uh, yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, next match, speaking of not great, uh, Bobby Lashley defeated Omos. The great Kali. Oh, Omos, uh, sorry. Yeah, listen, yeah, Omos is, um, I mean, I know it's so cliche to come on here and talk about the big tall guy. He can't wrestle, but Jesus, this guy cannot wrestle. Um, he is insanely huge to the degree that I'm like, even though he's rubbish, I'm like, well, I can see why they push him. He is, even by wrestling standards, he is an insanely big guy. But, like, Lashley, to be fair to him, the match wasn't any good, but Lashley was trying his best to go out there. He was sweating buckets, trying to fly around for this fella and emoting and really trying to sell. Uh, got him up for a suplex, which was, you know, impressive enough. Uh, yeah. Double spear to beat him. I mean, it was pretty bad. Um, the first of three matches on the show to be finished by spear. 
Never mind the steel, super super kick being overrated or overused. Three spear finishes on one show. And no Goldberg. And no Goldberg. Imagine if he was on it. it four. I mean, he probably would have done the jackhammer at least. Uh, yeah, I was hoping Lashley was going to beat him with the hurt lock. That, that's surely the WrestleMania visual, right? Yeah. He He'd beat the big it. lad with the full Nelson. Ah. Yeah, they just beat him with a spear. It's like, oh, yeah. Pin him. Man, put him out with the, the, the full Nelson. Uh, I, I'm curious what they do with Amos now because they obviously he was undefeated. They beat him now. Yeah, they, that's exactly it. And, and, you know, in other wrestling companies, it's like, okay, if a guy's undefeated for ages and then he suffers his first loss, like, well, you still have the benefit of all that streak. But in WWE, you have to, like, like I said, it's the, well, it's the, you're yet, you're the old toy now. I've got my new toy. And I, and if, if, if he disappears off to main event, that's it, you know. Um, no, I know, I, I know what they'll do with him. I, I would put money on it. Give him two months. Dancing fool. <laughs> they they haven't done Dancing Fool in ages, so you might be right. I feel like they haven't done it in quite a while. He likes to have he'll fun. The, yeah, he's all about having fun. He he, he dances and he'll be coming out and he'll have like a pink He'll have a singer. bucket hat on. I yeah. know, we'll be rapping. I have a much less boring prediction, which I think might come true. I think they'll probably put him in Edge's group. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so that was that. We'll see what they do with him. I, I would imagine Lashley might be getting a Roman match uh, at some point soon. Re- rematch because he never lost the title. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So and, and that, that that booking makes sense. It's just fine. Uh, up next, we got the Anything Goes match. Fifteen minutes for this one. Johnny Knoxville defeating Sami Zayn. Uh, this was ca- kind of exactly what you would expect, with probably even better than what you you might have expected because they did all kinds of wacky stunts. Uh, they both took, you know, like Sabi obviously was doing the the a lot of the grunt work, but they both took a lot of stuff. And to a pleasant surprise, they had cameos from all the like principal jackass um, people. Yeah. Although I knew as soon as I saw that big mouse trap, I said that ain't gonna work. Yeah, that and the the kick and the balls thing, I was just like, oh. You know, props. Like it, there's a difference between a, between a jackass movie and something like WrestleMania. Is it's just that high pressure live environment where these contraptions have to work. Um, yeah, but listen. Although they had the big hand, the big high five hand. The hand worked. Yeah, and 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 they did a great job of concealing it production wise. You didn't see it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Wee Man slammed Sami Zayn, which is great. Um, yeah, I gave him the Andre the Giant slam. Uh, and yeah. Uh, they were they were kind of all there. You had Dark Shark, you know. You had uh, uh, you had uh, Pontius, uh, which was great. The only, the only the only one minor problem with this, and it's not even really a problem. It's just something I would have loved to see. Is the difference between this and like two thousand and seven was that there was a real novelty, and it felt like an actual jackass bit that they were in there getting killed by Umaga. It was like scary. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that's what Jackass is. It's like, you're supposed to go, oh, fuck, they're going to die. And with Sami Zayn, it's like, it's not really that. Do you know what I mean? Like, they took. No, it's, it's light comedy. It's like, it's like comedy. You know, it, it, that's why when he was initially announced for the Rumble, like, all I wanted was Knoxville to get clotheslined by Brock. It's all I wanted was for him to get, like, <laughs> slapped uh, yeah. around and just, you know. So that's that, that's nitpicking. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the finish, again, it didn't quite work. They got a giant mousetrap from under the ring. Um, uh, and triggered it on Sammy, but it took like 30 seconds, which on live TV is like a lifetime to get it to work. Uh, pinned him. Um, yeah. Not that any of these individual results are wrong. 
but it's just kind of like you'll notice it was all the celebrities winning with the exception of Roman it was at Charlotte it was like all the part-timers and the outsiders and the people who are actually on Raw and Smackdown every week were not showing out at all um uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi won a four-way for the women's title 10 minutes it was you know <laughs> it was not great but it wasn't too bad it was TV match Yeah, no takes on that. No, no. Uh, Twenty-five minutes. Edge defeated AJ Styles. Um, had a little sleep during it. <laughs> Paul, Paul fell asleep. I was expecting to fall asleep. I have no time for Edge's um, faux fiend um, <laughs> uh, stuff. I thought his entrance was cool enough. He did a, a brood throne coming through the Cody hole type uh, entrance. Uh, and then they had kind of the typical Edge pros pro match. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. He's taken over from Triple H, the 25 minute epic. Yeah, um, it was good. I thought it was all right for what it was. Um, again, kind of like AJ often does at WrestleMania, I was kind of waiting for it to kick up a gear and be this incredible thing, and it, it wasn't, but I, it was okay. Yeah. Um, Edge won after a Damien Priest distraction. He was just there at ringside. What a fucking lazy finish that was to a 25-minute match. AJ goes for phenomenal forearm. Damien Priest is just ringside. They didn't show him arriving. They literally just... AJ looked to his left, and he was there, and AJ goes, huh? And then he he goes for the phenomenal forearm, and Edge spears him, which which looked good. Um, After cutting them on night one, they gave one minute, 40 seconds to Sheamus and Rich Holland with Butch versus the New Day. Uh, New Day came out in lovely Biggie tribute gear. They were wearing singlets. Uh, and no knee pads. Uh, and no knee pads in, in the, the color scheme he was wearing when he won the title, which was lovely. Great. And then to cap that. And then they lost, and then in, a they lost in a minute and a half to the guy who injured Biggie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he pinned the he, he, pin, oh. he scored the pin. Um, oh, Vince, you've still got it. He still got it, baby. He never lost it, and he never will. Um, yeah, and th- and this was like again a minute, a minute and a half. This was literally just probably because it's like you know Sheamus and the New Day, like respected guys who've been there for years. It was probably like we can't outright cut it. It's a two night mania. It has to happen at some stage out of respect. I think, but we've got no time. No, I think if Biggie hadn't broken his neck, they would have cut it. Do you think so? <laughs> to make sure they get the guys beaten <laughs> who are honoring him. No, I, I think they did it because, oh, well, your man broke his neck. Yeah. I feel bad. They have, they have their little tribute gear for him. We have to let him, let him go out. Yeah. Just give him a minute. Uh, yeah, so that was that. That was nothing, basically. This is not a company that isn't ruthless about cutting things. That's true. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. That's right. Uh, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. I've really come around on, on Pat McAfee. And even in commentary, like, he's rubbish. Like, he is rubbish. But I'm kind of endeared by his I'm just a normal guy who happens to do WWE commentary and I don't talk like they talk and I'm obviously not. It's like, I wonder does everyone else hate him because he definitely doesn't listen when Vince is yelling at him and he gets away with it I guess because he's famous. Um, And then also every time he has a match it's class. So, you know. Uh, well, you see, he also sounds enthusiastic about stuff, and not not in an overly fake way. Mm. Yes, which is, I guess one of the issues with WWE commentary is that it's, it often sounds very contrived. And the irony is that Michael Cole seemed to be filling in for him during this match because Michael Cole was up on his feet screaming and shouting. Yes, 
Um, yeah, so he's um, uh, he was kind of he was also doing faux JR for the evening. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So McAfee was fantastic here again. Um, I think he was my of of the recent celebrities. Uh, I think he was the best on on this weekend of shows, and I put him neck and neck with with Bad Bunny. I, I just think he came off like a legitimate, like complete package. Obviously, again, these are short matches, and Austin Theory is very good, and Adam Cole is very good. So it would be different if he was in there on Raw. There's also a special aspect of seeing him because it's rare, but he came off very well, super athletic, like just did all kinds of really impressive stuff. Selling was good, and he just has a he has a likable aspect to him. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Austin Theory went for whatever his finish is, some kind of GTS style thing, and, and McAfee rolled him up. It's a TKO. TKO. Okay. Uh, McAfee rolled him up, and they, they, McAfee was super over as well. He was so popular. Uh, with his entrance, and then when he won, super, super reaction. Uh, Vince starts to uh, undo his suit jacket, teasing he'll do a match, and he says, oh, no, no, no. And this is actually, yes, yes, I'm going to do the match. And so he gets in. Referee gets in. And honestly, it's kind of like, you know, it's obviously ego for Vince to go out there and book himself in a match like this. But I thought his ego would, like, not let him go out there. Because Vince is starting to physically really look his age. Obviously, he's looked his age in his face for ages. Mm -hmm. But he still had the freak show, you know, I'm in great shape. Uh, the Jack Lalane, the, the ridiculous physique, but but for this thing, like he obviously still has big arms, but like he looked like an old man. Now he's starting to look like an old old man, um, because he because he is one is is what's happened there. Um, and they did like a four minute puff waste of time thing where Theory attacked Pat McAfee from behind, and then Vince kicked him and hot dogged around the ring for ages, and then McAfee got back up, and then Theory wedged him on the fucking uh, turnbuckle post, uh, and Vince uh, kicked him with a football uh, for the win. For the win, and I was kind of like, "This is how low the bar is." It's like the guy who's gotten the most shine on this show, who's not a fifty-year-old is Pat McAfee, who's an announcer, by the way, and and has a full-time gig as a podcaster elsewhere. So it's not like he's he's going to be on Raw, but he's a guy under your employ who got the shine. And even he had to lose to Vince McMahon after the match. Um, uh, like, to set up a 60-year-old coming out and doing his finisher. Do you know what I mean? It was so, like, like I said, the weekend was so not based on building up new people. Um, so yeah, the match was a fire, so it was a waste of time. Yeah, Vince's offense made that one time Hogan came out on TNA and drilling Robert Roode with clotheslines made that look like Steamboat Savage. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was very similar in the sense of like, and the funny people chanted, "You still got it." Was that a joke? He so doesn't have it. He also never had it in 1999 when he was 23 years younger. He was shit then as well. The novelty was just that he would take unprotected chair shots. <laughs> and do a stunner. And do a stunner and bleed like a stuck pig and fall off things. He was a backyarder. Okay. He was the world's <laughs> richest backyarder. Him and his son. That's what they that's what they should have been known as. I mean, he, he could barely stand up. And he, he he drilled McAfee with a clothesline with all the force of like a light breeze. Um, my God. If you, and then we get to Austin come out and kick him in the gut. 
And Austin goes for the stutter, and Vince's head's not there. He's fucking falling out of the ring. And if you've only seen the gif of the stunner, like that's what Vince was moving like the whole match. Like, like, like I said, he didn't just look like old for a pro wrestling. He he looked like a frail old man on the street who probably shouldn't be walking up steps. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the level of old. He looked really fucking old. So yeah, like like they're trying to do the classic bit of of uh, the oh I'll share a beer with you, Steve, but no funny business. And then he takes the stunner. And the funny thing is about, about Vince stumbling around after the kick is that Austin's no spring chicken either. So Austin can't save it. Austin has to very slowly try and grab him. It's like, oh my God, it's like fucking chaos in the old folks home today. <laughs> uh, it was bad it was, it was so bad. i mean it was bad but it was also funny everyone was happy to see austin again he stunned pat mcafee and then mcafee did a funny thing where he was passed out drinking the beer while on the floor which was funny um and that led us to this is like, roman and brock this is the like such a nitpick i mean there was a lot of just small wwe things that will never go away that bothered me about the show even if the show's good like I hate that they call it the biggest WrestleMania main event ever. It's WrestleMania. It's big. Everyone knows it's big. The match had a big fight feel. It genuinely did. You don't need to give it the official title of the biggest WrestleMania main event ever. It's so lame. Uh, but they did. They had the guy announce it. He said, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the biggest WrestleMania main event oh, ever. God. Yeah. Um, uh, Roman and Brock. Brock did his Paul Heyman style intro, which I thought was funny. Um they were having the exact match you're picturing in your head. Yeah, it's not the WrestleMania 31 main event. No, anyway. it's not the burger main event. This this main event wouldn't have won me a burger. No, it was it was the, all the other ones they've had. Most actually, it's like the middle one they had, the not 31, the one in between the other WrestleMania one, where the crowd the crowd did start super hot for this, but then it was kind of just Brock threw him around in the typical way Brock does, and Roman started to fire back. And I think just as they were going into the near falls, Roman seemingly got hurt. This is what we don't know as we're recording this. This is a developing situation. I don't know. So they did a barricade spot. I don't know if Roman got hurt there or what. But basically, uh, a few minutes later, Roman went for a spear. Brock caught him in the Kimura. Roman got the ropes. They broke the hold. While Roman was in the ropes, Heyman was going, Oh my God, get up my tribal chief. Get up doing that thing he does which is so, so cringe yeah. uh, and Roman <laughs> the camera probably shouldn't have been so close to them because Roman's like my shoulder's out my shoulder's out my shoulder's out and Paul's like my tribal chief rise get up and I'm tri- <laughs> like the guy's screaming that his fucking shoulder popped out man what are you doing um, <laughs> and so basically uh, this match was 12 minutes by the way which obviously for the biggest Wrestlemania match ever you wouldn't have suspected and so basically, I kind of did. I did from a modern Brock match. That that is what I expect. I suppose, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't go much too much longer than they had done the kickouts of the F five and the spear and the Kamara. Like they did all the big spots. They did all the big spots. But so basically, after this, this my shoulders out spot. Brock picked him up for the F five. Roman immediately got out, uh, hit the ropes, and did a spear and won. Uh, to like no reaction because I don't think anyone was expecting that to be the finish. Yep. And uh, yeah, now there was some. His arm was quite red. It looked like it was definitely hers. Uh, but I don't know. It's like he went over and like used the top rope to like pop it back in place, it looked like. And there's uh, something about this. It's just like, uh, I don't know. I was like, is this just the story and he did a very good job faking it? Or is he hurt? 
I don't really know. Well, from the pictures I saw, it looked like there was something. It looked like he had a nasty, oh. something was out of place. Um, like a, t- a torn muscle, maybe, yeah. or something. I don't know. I mean, but, um, maybe he is just actually really tough and he did pop it back in place. But, you know. but I didn't get the feeling from the match that it like ended like the first match. Because I'm so used to these Brock Lesnar matches going like eight minutes that when it ended, I was like, yeah, that's, that's more or less what I expected. It was flat. It was a flat finish, for sure. Mm. But there you go. Uh, yeah. Minya. So, uh, yeah, lots of speculation on, on what the deal is with Roman. He is uh, addressing the WWE Universe in a few hours on Raw. Uh, we will see. If, 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 if it's a vi- if he vacates it or some shit like that, I'll it, I'll you know it's I don't know because they've built the entire company around him. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, it could also just be he comes out and brags about winning and announces that he'll be on both shows because he's the champion of both shows. Who knows? Um, yeah. So uh, that was WrestleMania. I think we were I think we were both moderately positive about night two. Not great, but. Um, but then night two was a much better viewing experience for the fact that I could skip the video packages. Yes, same. Yeah, watching it, watching it today, it was uh, much better. Um, did you? Who watched? Did anyone watch anything else from the weekend other than WrestleMania? Supercard of Honor. That's the only. Thing. Yes, I do want to watch Supercard of Honor. That's the only thing I, I watched. Yet. I also I, watched Supercard of Honor. I would say it was a kind of uh, pretty much the ROH. You know that we've seen the last couple of years. It wasn't too different. I think the production values were better, um, and in terms of the booking, it wasn't too different. Um, I only I didn't watch all of the matches. I watched the Swerve Strickland match, which was very very good. He's he's really really good. Um, of course, watched the tag match um, FTR versus the Briscoes, which was sublime tag team mm. wrestling. Oh, look forward um, to that. Probably my favorite match of the year so far. I think. Yeah. It's up there for me. Um, really just and not nothing crazy in it. It was just, you know, simple kind of wrestling. They did some big spots and some stuff on the outside, but just really, really intense and, and just really good tag team wrestling. So yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um yeah, and then the rest of the show was good. I would say like the uh, all the Ring of Honor guys got beaten by AEW guys. It yeah. was like it was like watching um I can't remember what it was, WWE, was it SummerSlam or Survivor Series where they destroyed all the WCW guys? <laughs> um, you know, like Wheelie Uta went over, uh, Swerve went over, FTR went over. They all won the belts. They all went over. So it's definitely a new era. Um, and yeah, and then Samoa Joe coming out on the end, which was a nice, you know, Tony loves his surprises. He loves his debuts. Samoa Joe on the Ring of Honor show. What what better surprise to to have than that? So yeah, it was a, definitely definitely worth the watch. It was a, it was a fun show. And he'll be on Dynamite this week. Mm. Yeah, interesting to see see what happens there uh, with Samoa Joe. But, um, I watched the, some of the press conference stuff as well. And Tony still not really giving away a lot. It was kind of very much like this was a a show he was kind of forced to do because it was already already advertised and everything. So. Hard to glean whether this is going to be representative of what happens going forward. Um, he did refer to it as a transitional show, so mm-hmm. could I, I think we still will see some changes. On the other hand, he did start some angles. Uh, Tully Blanchard is now in there as a manager running his little stable with Brian Cage, who has... Uh, well, let's say Brian Cage just found his level again. <laughs> 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 being on Ring of Honor. I think he's quite good on Ring of Honor. 
Um, so, you know, well done to him on that. Yeah, he said he sent Brian Cage and Chavo to the Ring of Honor bold corner. <laughs> I saw um, a great meme. I don't know if it was Barry that retweeted it, but it was like the Simpsons. Might have been Botchamania, but it was the Simpsons where they're in the basement looking after the bee. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, why are we down here, boss? It's like, Tony told us to look after the bee. I told you, Chavo, because we got to mind the bee. <laughs> So, uh, um, yeah, it's an intrigue to yeah. see where Ring of Honor goes. In, uh, yeah, you're you're right. I'd, though. I'd no, like to see it. no answers, no answers on the press thing. About I'd like it, to though. see it as a kind of uh, developmental of sorts, yeah. with like not like fucking the performance center with uh, jock head football star one two four, but like young work rate boys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's where they get boys. their fucking yeah. And with a Brian Cage and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think keeping it relatively similar to what it what it was, but with a mix of AEW talent and its develop and its un- its unofficial developmental would be great. I mean, but we'll see. Because yeah. like so so Joe like Joe's first Samoa Joe's arrival on a Tony Khan product was Ring of Honor, but then they put out uh, he is all elite graphics. So he is signed to AEW, but I guess he'll work. Ring- he, he did. He had a he cut a great promo on the media thing. Talk about how he's just he, he wants to be everywhere and win every title, and I want to be in the Owen and win the Owen. Mm. Um, you know, it was a proper great Samoa Joe promo. I mean, he's obviously it, it's much talked about the quality of his matches and his physical makeup in this day and age. But he's plenty of wrestlers have gotten by on 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 less than he has. He still has a lot to offer, I think. Um, and yeah, I I would echo uh, what what Joe said. I mean, the tag match is just fantastic. It is so so good. Um, and I'm I'm a bit of an FTR naysayer. I, I I've been pretty tepid on them um, in in AEW, uh, but they absolutely killed it. I mean, it was it was four phenomenal performances in in, in that match. Um, and yeah, the rest of the rest of the show was breezy. It was all really solid stuff throughout. Um, if you if you like that kind of style of pure wrestling thing, the the Yuta match was a lot of fun um, for that. I'll try and get a watch this week if I can. So I, I, as it's AEW canon in a way, I kind of want to keep up with it. But also, it's I think it's just going to be an interesting sto- uh, show historically to watch. You know, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I have. I'm probably going to like pick through various recommendations here or there for the next week. This was the first Mania weekend in a couple of years where it kind of felt like, all right, there's fucking great matches again. A lot of, I mean, I will also say that all the stuff I've watched and all the recommendations I've gotten from other people, it's been like 5% GCW stuff. Um, uh, the 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 last few years where like WWE was still on signing Mania and AEW wasn't quite built up yet. And it, you kind of, it was just 700 GCW shows with their guys. and It just wasn't doing it for me. Um, you know, whereas this year you've got like, Thatcher back and Speedball Mike Bailey back and Ring of Honor had a hot show. There was AEW wrestlers all over the place. New Japan guys back because travel's a little bit more opened up now. And so it was a bit more, um, you know, a bit more options. I will say I did watch one uh, GCW show that was really good, to be fair. Uh, give them credit. Uh, I watched Bloodsport, which I always try and watch. It was a- another really good one of those shows if you're into that style. Uh, uh, the moxley biff Busick match was tremendous absolutely tremendous just classic like you know moxley just loves wrestling he wants to go in there with only lorkin and bleed all over him for 10 minutes and they had a proper bloody just like scrap it was great mm. um 
I watched. I'm halfway through the Impact show. I watched Impact this week. <laughs> was there any good theme songs? Uh, no, there wasn't. Uh, they changed the most of the themes. Matches, was it? Multiverse of Matches. That's very clever. Tony Khan should buy Impact just to get the name. That's what it's because <laughs> they basically they had like reps from all. Now some of it was a little bit like tenuous. Like they've had Matt Cardona in Impact before, but him and Chelsea Green were billed as like NWA representations. Like yeah, okay. Uh, Eddie Edwards was billed as like pro wrestling Noah, and they even pointed out on comment. So he's a heel. So they pointed out on commentary that he was doing that as a dick move because he hates Impact. Uh, so it wasn't qu- yeah. it wasn't quite you know they, they didn't have if Roman Reigns didn't come out for a match you know it, that's not what happened mm. but they did have a, a a pretty good card I watched the first half of the show uh, two recommendations which is pretty good for half a show uh, Alex Shelley versus Speedball Mike Bailey fantastic as you would imagine put those two names in a match they had a great match and uh, Eddie Edwards I mean since he disappeared into the Impact Ether haven't seen him for like years. But it was nice to watch this and go, oh, yeah, he's class. He's still really good. Uh, him and Tomohiro Ishii had a great match, as you would anticipate. They would, if you say those two names together. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean, Impact is, like, quietly very well reviewed for the people who do watch it these days. So, so fair play to them. Uh, yeah. So, uh, a pretty fun WrestleMania weekend, I would say, so far. Or so far this year. It's over now. Um, but I think that's going to do it, lads, after another Whopper edition of this show. Uh, mm, Whopper. <laughs> oh, as Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns once earned you. If I made that bet any other year, those two had a match, I would have won. That's the funny thing. I uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, there you go. Uh, so we will be back at our regularly scheduled time this coming weekend. Uh, we will have. Uh, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to watch Raw, but I'm interested to see what happens on Raw. Uh, uh, so maybe we'll talk about that. And then, of course, we will have a Dynamite and Rampage chat, uh, as well as all the other uh, uh, wrestling news and our various other guffs. Uh, so thank you very much for listening, everyone. Hope you had a great WrestleMania weekend. Safe travels if you're on your way home listening to this. Uh, and I uh, hope you enjoyed all the various shows over the weekend. Uh, until next time, it's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. Goodbye.